0: What is up YouTube? Welcome into a Tuesday edition of Bucky and BK right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. We are taking you live until 10 o'clock. Hope everyone is having a fantastic start to their day. And Bucky, we've got a loaded show. We'll talk plenty of Texas football as the preseason AP poll came out yesterday. We'll talk a lot of NFL, a couple of big name running backs finally getting picked up by teams in the AFC East. And most importantly, coming up at about 8.20, your first tip for kids in the car line as school is back. What's going on, Buck?
1: Nothing much, my friend. Just ready to rock and roll this morning. Good morning to the soldiers at Fort Cabasas, Texas, the soldiers in the state of Texas, and all those that fight for us each and every day, all over this wide, wide world of sports and more. Thank you so very much for what you do. It is appreciated. We appreciate it each and every day. And of course, in the capital city area here in the state of Texas, It's damn hot again. But we have a cold front coming in. Cold front coming in. Keep us around 100 today. So, you think you got it bad, 100 100 is 100. I don't know if that's a cold front. That's considered
0: a cold front, 100
1: degrees? Yes, that's considered a cold front coming in Uh through Central Texas today. So, that's okay. Well, congratulations. Yeah. You 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 playing golf today? I am. I'm headed to Muni. I'm headed to Roy Kaiser. Hey, Roy Kaiser golfers. That's right. I'm a Muni player. I'm a private club player. I'm just a player. I can't wait to get out there and shoot 97, 98 today. Mm. Maybe shoot the temperature.
0: There you go. Is that the goal? You want to shoot 100 today? Most people are trying to avoid that when they go to the course.
1: One of these days, I will shoot my age again. Don't don't bank that. Don't bank that. You
0: better live to a hundred if you want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll oh, tell you yeah. that. And I don't know if your wife appreciates you just calling yourself a player in front of uh, the world like this. What do you think she thinks of that?
1: She has no clue what that means. Mm. It's okay. You're off I'm the hook. Huh? I'm off the hook.
0: There you go. There I'm you up.
1: go. The lovely Joyce is up bright and early, of course, again this morning. As I rambled through the house, any movement that I make at six o'clock, she automatically pops up, and she's. She's going at it. She really doesn't want to get up at six, but I'm so used to getting up at three 30 where I'm knocking things over and falling through doors to get to the bathroom in the morning. This is a little bit different. I love this format. I love what we're doing. I think uh, all of Austin and surrounding area really, really likes what we're doing BK. But by the way, YouTube is a worldwide and there's all kinds of university of Texas alums all over this world. Aggie alums, anybody that likes sports, I think they're digging what we're doing for sure. I mean, it's, it's two hours of good stuff with you and I, and then you and Trey. And then we've got, of course, Kevin Dunn that joins us. Wags will join us. And there'll be some others that'll be joining us. But we don't need five hours of radio. I mean, some that claim that they have five hours of local sports talk. If you couldn't hear them, is it really local sports talk if you can't hear it? Think <laughs> bear shits in the woods. Does anybody really know? I mean, really? <laughs>
0: that's a great question yeah if a radio station falls in the forest and nobody hears it is it really a radio station yeah is it
1: really what uh, I is it
0: now that's a great question that is a great question yeah quick programming note so bucky and i are live from 8 to 10 as we are every weekday morning trey and i are on from 12 to 1 as we are every weekday afternoon and then right after trey and i are done trey and kevin are going to do an hour from one to two today so keep it locked in the first time in the history of texas sports unfiltered that trey and kevin are doing a show together obviously those guys are great friends they've done a ton of radio together over the years but it'll be cool getting to listen and watch and see what those two knuckleheads are getting into buck because when uh KD and trey are together it feels like anything can happen
1: oh and, and it will believe me it will and you get an opportunity to see that firsthand and hear it firsthand too yes and, and as this thing grows the app we're almost there how huh? we're getting close We're almost there. It's actually there kind of, isn't it?
0: It's kind of there. We're doing some beta testing right now before we uh, officially launch the Texas Sports Unfiltered app. But it's it's coming very, very soon, and we're super excited about it. We want to make this thing as easy as possible for y'all to consume all of the great content we have on Texas Sports Unfiltered. So, obviously, we love the YouTube bit. That's going to continue so you can see us and get to watch some of the crazy videos that we play. But if you're in your car and you don't want to have your screen on the whole time, we understand. So we've got the app coming your way. It's going to be available for everybody in the App Store and the Google Play Store. So for those of you with those potato phones, I think they call them Androids. I call them potato phones. uh, You'll be able to to catch all of our TSU content 24-7, 365.
1: I still got a BlackBerry over here in my drawer. You know, I have a brand new BlackBerry in a box. It may be worth something. Some, but it's brand new. No, nope. it's
0: not worth anything. You could throw that away.
1: No, come on. I'm going to save that for my, you know, my great grandkids. They may want that phone.
0: Yeah. One of them's going to throw it in the lake. <laughs> oh, it's worthless. <laughs> what is this old piece of shit?
1: <laughs> I know. Into the lake it goes, huh?
0: Into the oh, lake. Man. It goes. So we'll it, have a fun show today. Um, once again, Bucky's first tip for kids coming up in about 13 minutes. Be ready for that. But uh, let's start with the preseason AP poll, Buck. It has been released. We talked about the coaches poll last week. Texas came in ranked number 12 on the preseason coaches poll. Now we've got the AP po- uh, AP voters taking their hacks at the preseason poll. And the Longhorns coming in one spot higher. They are number 11. No surprise who's at the top. The two-time defending champion Georgia Bulldogs, number one. They got 60 of 63 first-place votes you've got Michigan number 2, Ohio State number 3. How about Alabama all the way down at number 4 and then LSU, the Tigers rounding out the top 5. Your thoughts, your biggest takeaways from the AP poll that just came out yesterday.
1: Yeah, I'll just say this. If the if the Tigers are 5, Alabama is 4, I would flip that. I'd go ahead. If you're going to put the if Alabama's not number 1, 2 or 3, Go ahead and drop them as far as you can drop them, and you can drop them another spot and move LSU up one slot. I believe for sure. If you're if you're going to do that, because the people in Alabama are just just crapping all over themselves right now, thinking that are you kidding me? We're we're going to be we're just barely in front of LSU. Well, no, you should actually be behind LSU coming into this season. I believe. Hold so on. That, that's one I. That's that's the one that hits me. I mean, it hits you right in the face when you don't see Alabama one or two. Period. And if they're going to hey. drop, go ahead and drop them. Drop, no. that, drop that egg right on top of their head and Nick Saban's group. And the other one is, for me, at Texas, I think Texas, should that should be flipped with Tennessee. I think Tennessee had a fantastic year last year. I think they'll come back and still have another fantastic year. They still have a pretty decent quarterback coming back. They've got the culture that's in place right now. Texas, it's yet to be seen. I don't know how Tennessee could be behind Texas.
0: Okay. You or I
1: Yeah, I, I just don't see – I mean, if you're going to move – I'm talking about only moving up a slot. I think Texas belongs right there at the, at the dirty dozen in both polls, actually.
0: All right. So you like the coaches poll for Texas a little bit more. Yeah, in the AP poll, you've got Texas at 11. You've got Tennessee at 12. In the coaches poll, Tennessee is actually number 10, and Texas is down at number 12. So a right. couple of differences between those two polls. I will say this. I want Alabama ranked as high as they possibly can be. Because when Texas goes to Tuscaloosa and beats the Crimson Tide in week two, I want that win to look as impressive as possible. I want that to be against as highly ranked of a team as uh, we could possibly get to make that win look even better. I mean, it's already going to be a big deal anytime any team can go into Tuscaloosa and win a football game. That is a massive, massive deal. But obviously the higher ranked Alabama is. And the more impressive that win looks for uh, for Texas.
1: Well, I, I'll tell you, and the one team in the top 15 that really, really surprised me that really never gets that love is Utah. University of Utah is really a good football team. They have been over the last couple of years. Well, they've only had to beat USC in the Pac-12, speaking of the dirty dozen, filthy dozen, or filthy two or three or whatever they are now. It's just, that's a Utah team that's been physically stronger than Teams in the Pac-12. They're they're as physical as anybody in the country, period. Uh, in the Pac-Twelve. And they return an awful lot of guys now. They missed a great tight end, a couple running backs, a couple guys out of their secondary. But boy, is that a that's a team led by um former University of Texas quarterback, right? Cameron Risen, yep. who's back for his, it seems like eight years for Cameron Risen. He's back again. And I think that young guy not only is a great leader, I think he's gonna be a fine NFL quarterback or a fine NFL backup for 15 years. I mean, he's a good player. Tough, tough nosed guy throws the ball really well understands what they're trying to do offensively. He plays the way that team is built. And that's a physically built team. But, you know, they've got the young kid out of the Metroplex at running back who was a former quarterback who's just a stud. I mean, he is. He was a special he was a special high schooler. And now he's a special running back in Utah. So this is this is going to be interesting to see if Utah, USC, they've just banged UCA, USC's head against the wall. The last two times they played them, it's going to be interesting out there and what's left of the Pac-12 because, you know, with USC on their way out, with Washington, the way they played last year and they returned their quarterbacks, uh, Penn, what is it, uh, Michael uh, Penning, he's coming back, no, right? No, at
0: Washington. Penning, he's
1: coming back for another year. Yep. So, I mean, that's going to be, the good teams out in the, whatever, the Pac-12, I'm going to continue to call them the Pac-12, the good teams are really, really good out there right now. The top three or four teams are pretty decent. That That's going to be quite a battle. USC's not, I don't believe, just going to walk all over them at the end of, the, of their reign out there.
0: Man, I've never been so excited to watch Pac-12 football in my life. I mean, it's the last year we're going to get this thing, and it's the last year of Pac-12 after dark. Bucky, yeah. I know you're not like this, but I'm the guy who stays up until 1 a.m. Saturday night into Sunday morning to watch all of the college football. And I'm staying up to watch that random-ass Wazoo-Oregon State game that most people don't care about. The Apple
1: Cup, for- you'll be there for the Apple Cup. Hey, my cousin's got money
0: on the Apple Cup, okay? Oh I got goodness. a mortgage to pay, all right? It's a big deal. But I'm, I'm fascinated to see how the Pac-12 shakes out. I mean, USC's the favorite once again. Uh, they should have made the college football playoff last year, but they got their ass beat by Utah in that Pac-12 championship game, like you mentioned. And you're right, Utah did beat them twice, in 2022. So uh, the, those two teams play again, it's in California this year. So USC will have the home field advantage. That's kind of in, in the middle of conference play this year, but that obviously is going to be a huge game to determine who wins that uh, PAC 12 South and or, or the PAC 12, who gets to play in that conference championship game. Excuse me. They got rid of the two divisions a couple of years ago, yep. but that's a big one. And yeah, you're right. Utah, Utah's kind of become Texas Northwest, right? They've got a Texas transfer, at quarterback and a Texas transfer, at running back and they are so well coached with uh, Kyle Whittingham who it feels like has been there forever he always seems to get more with less and the schedule for Utah is interesting Buck you know everyone's trying to figure out okay you know what what some of these new schools are going to look like when they go to the Big 12 well we're going to find out with Utah early because they play in Waco week two so how about this start for Utah like if Utah is going to be a big time com- a contender this year. And you talk about them making some noise. If they are going to make some noise, they're going to have an opportunity early on to prove their worth on the national scale because they play Florida week one, right. in Utah. And then they go to Waco to take on Baylor in week two. Now those they aren't start. like two of the best teams in college football by any stretch, but those are two solid power five teams that year in and year out are generally pretty good and have some talent. So if Utah is able to start two and Oh, then uh, all right, maybe they've got a chance to to really do something really good this year in their final year in the Pac-12.
1: Are you okay with, with where Texas is at 11 or 12? That's okay? Yeah, that feels
0: about right. Um, look, I think Texas has more talent than the number 11 or number 12 team in the country. I mean, I think this is a top 10 roster in all of college football, but – uh, this team's coming off of an eight-win season. And the year before that, they won five games. And talent has obviously never been the issue at the University of Texas, although I do feel like the talent is better this year than it has been at any point over the last 12 years. But uh, still, you know, Texas has to go out there and prove it. So, uh, yeah, that feels accurate based on what we saw last year, based on what we know is coming back to this team. That sort of range feels uh, feels fair for this Texas football
1: team. It'll be interesting. It'll, it'll be interesting to see these these first two games will mean a lot. The first game won't mean very much. It'll just be establishing how you, you know, how you get yourself together offensively and defensively, but not, I mean, it should be a a team that will dominate a a group from rice and then go on. It all depends on that second game, uh, how, how for the horns. Now it doesn't matter in the, in the, in the big pictures, because the big picture to me for the university of Texas is getting to the big 12 championship game. So that doesn't affect the big 12 championship game. Now it affects what you think of yourself nationally, but, I mean, small steps, please. Baby steps. You know, as you said, eight and five, from five and seven to eight and five. Just take those small steps and enjoy it. So.
0: Well, you look at the the AP top 25, and Texas is the highest-ranked team in the Big 12 on the list. They're also the highest-ranked team in the state of Texas in these rankings as well. But there are only one, two, three Big 12 teams that are in this preseason poll. You've got Texas coming in at number 11, you've got K-State at 16, and you've got TCU at 17. So the voters think that Texas is the favorite to win the Big 12. Everybody thinks that Texas is the favorite to win the Big 12. And, you know, it's obviously easy to say this because this is the Longhorns final year in the conference. But I would be saying this regardless of if Texas was leaving for the SEC after this season, if not now, when?
1: Right? Yes, you're everything,
0: right. everything is shaped up for Texas to win the Big 12 this year. They've got the most talent. They've got a ton of experience coming back. The conference has a lot of question marks right now. Obviously, the team that has dominated this league in Oklahoma is having some issues, and they don't know if they have their head coach figured out, and they have some issues up there in Norman. So everything is seemingly falling in line for Texas to make it to the Big 12 title, if not now, when? And obviously, when you do add the move to the SEC in there as well, then you start to really get nervous if you're going to be cut out for the best conference in college football if you can't win the Big 12. At least get to the conference championship game. But sure. hell, Mark, I'll take it a step further. If you can't win this Big 12 this year, how are you going to feel good about actually having a chance to win? Not just like being relevant, not being a bottom feeder in the SEC, which I don't think would happen, but how can you feel good about legitimately having a chance to win the SEC over the next few years if you can't even win this Big 12 this year?
1: Once again, if you can't win this Big 12, I, you know, I'm I'm to the – my thought is still just get to the game. Get me to the game. I understand where you're coming from because you're a super fan. You're a super Kool-Aid drinker. It's no. not about getting to a championship with you. It's winning a championship. I mean, I've got one of those rings from the very beginning of the Big 12 and winning the first Big 12 championship. On the way out, I just – I just know that things happen in the course of a championship game that can cause you to lose, but if we're but if fans are saying and I hear most fans saying win it they you know when I say just get to the game, people are like, no, no no, they've got to win the big 12 championship in order to be I don't know because if you don't where are you and in the in the SEC when you move over, I still say you're probably middle of the pack and middle of the pack has some teams that on a given week can beat. Some of those top tier teams, the Mississippi's, the Mississippi States of the world, you know, Auburn all of a sudden out of nowhere can come up and and beat an Alabama. You just don't know, you know. I I just feel like middle of the pack. I don't. I just I'd hate to see Texas as you know middle of the pack towards the end of the pack. I don't want Texas to be South Carolina joining the SEC. No. I really don't. And they've got a good chance if they don't make it to the Big Twelve Championship going into that conference. That's who they are to me. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but To me, if Texas doesn't have that ring on their finger leaving this conference this year, they will be South Carolina, Mississippi, Mississippi State. That's a horrible feeling for the University of Texas to me.
0: Yep. You you wearing that ring right now? Which ring you got? Um,
1: I've got the the championship ring that we shared with Texas A&M. The first Big 12 championship ring for those out there, it was lost. It's in a golf bag or it's on a golf course or it's in a garden somewhere. What? I had that I had that on at a golf course. I do remember. I may have put it in a little cup holder and never picked it up again.
0: Yes. I don't think I've oh, ever heard this.
1: Yeah. I'm missing my Big 12, my initial Big 12 championship ring. The oh. one that says Carpe Diem sees the day. That's gone. That is gone.
0: And we got to get uh,
1: that back. Okay. $1,100 from Balfour says we can have that back. I have all the details <laughs> for those out there. Go fund me. We'll do it. But as of now, And whatever I have goes into what we're trying to do right now to make this thing even better. It's just a ring. Oh, by the way, I have a few of them. So I have a few different rings.
0: There you go. you you got a couple of Lake Travis ones too, because you worked really hard to get those high school state championship Uh, rings. Wait a minute. I do have
1: one from Lake (laughs) Travis and that's a my I think I'm going to wear that tomorrow because I can't wear that ring. I can't wear that high school ring anywhere. I mean, I, I was thinking of taking it back when I went to my 50th class reunion, but I'm like, How am I going to wear this high school ring? I'm just doing, I'm just a broadcaster. How am I going to, the thing looks like a Super Bowl ring. It's bigger than a Super Bowl ring, but I can wear it on our, on our network and no one will say anything except for looks like he was a Super Bowl coach or a Super Bowl player. I think I may do that tomorrow, BK. Thank you very much. i have to bring that out sometime, right? Yeah. Tomorrow's the perfect day. He's got to put it and make a nose ring out of it or something.
0: <laughs> the buck with the nose ring? Oh, can we make that happen, please? Championship
1: nose ring.
0: Wow, is that what the kids are doing these days? Oh, my goodness. Goodness gracious. All right, before I have a question to ask you about Texas and what would constitute a successful year for the Longhorns in 2023. But it is 8-20, and school is back in session, which I think means it is time for the very first – Bucky's tip for kids in the car line right here on Texas sports unfiltered
1: folks every Tuesday I'll give this tip for kids and parents alike but today from our good friends at relax the back which they are absolutely fantastic you know based on 35 years of proven expertise my back couldn't be happier with what has happened with me with the folks at relax the back and they've got two locations here in the Austin area Hill Country Gallery across from Whole Foods in Austin. And of course, the Gateway Shopping Center across from the Container Store. Nobody does it better than Relax the Backs. Now, listen to me, kids. Today only happens once. Make it an amazing day. It only happens once. So make today amazing. I know you're just starting out school, but don't let one get away from you. It only happens once. Today only happens once. Make this an amazing day for you kids out there. There's my tip for kids in the car line. You know, I didn't come with wash your filthy hands. (laughs) Blow your nose and then wash your hands. Don't touch the rails around school. I didn't come with that. I'm just saying today only happens once make it amazing.
0: Mm. Is that going to be your tip tomorrow as well?
1: That's going to be my tip. When I get on the golf course today only happens once make it amazing. So that's my tip for the kids in the car line. And thank you to the folks over there. Jason, of course, over called well over it, relax the back. And I'll have my tips for kids. Uh, each and every Tuesday as we lead through school. I mean, a lot going on for these young kids, a lot going on in their lives, and it's tough. So just one little simple tip, you know. I when I when I started setting goals, BK, I started setting goals and I started with the little things on the refrigerators when I started coaching. And I never had more than three things because I couldn't handle more than three things. You start putting up 12 different things, trying to trying to accomplish goals, it's too hard. You can't you can't focus in and always. I remember through John McEvick as a coach, three things were just easy enough. That's all you had to do. You didn't need more than three. You didn't need four. You didn't need five. But three simple things to accomplishing your goals, you know, and make sure that they're attainable. Make sure that you have a timetable. I mean, you can't keep going, I'm going to get A's this semester. I'm going to get A's this semester. There's two weeks left in the semester, and you still got D's. You know what I'm saying? You know if your goals are attainable. You know, some kids, you know, in that car line will say, I'm going to become an A student, but they're going to still do the same things they've done for years to be a D student. But they're saying, this is the year I become an A student. It's not that simple.
0: Yeah, that's not, not what funny. kids are saying these days. Kids these days are saying they want to be TikTok famous or they want to play esports for a living. That's their goal.
1: Well, you know what? If that's the goal, you better find the three things that will make you famous doing it, or somebody else will pass you by. They'll smooth move right past you.
0: Are you a big uh, you a big TikTok fan, Buck?
1: No, you know I got to do some TikTok stuff for the show out in the garden, but I'm not going out in that garden now. Dude, anything past yeah. when we start the show at eight o'clock, no naked gardening, none of that stuff. It's too hot out there.
0: Well, the the nude part makes it less hot, right? That's why no. you go no clothes.
1: Evening gardening, evening uh, gardening, just uh, before night dark. Gardening. See the dark side of the moon for yeah. sure. <laughs>
0: Uh, i'm gonna be as far away from that as possible and if we put that on tiktok i think this whole channel is gonna get shut down before come we really on man get started. ain't nobody wants to see that you can't be giving tips for kids and then be giving that to the kids too
1: i'm not giving that's not a tip for the kids that's where this is adult play now kids are at school they're in the line right now at eight o'clock they're almost inside the building right now yeah but you posted- much, safety, much safety to our children headed off to school too
0: yeah, now they've got that vision in their heads as they uh, walk into the first period today. Way to go, Buck. Way to go, Buck. All right, uh, before we uh, get to the NFL, I do want to ask you one more question about the Longhorns, Buck. Would you? I'm looking at what USC did in 2022. They were 11-1 in the regular season. They lost the Pac-12 championship game to Utah, right? They had the chance to make it to the college football playoff. All they had to do was win that conference title game, and they would have gotten in but instead they lost that. And then they lost to Tulane yes. in the Cotton Bowl. Would you sign up for that for Texas? No. 11-win 11, 11 season, but you lose. Like, you've got the chance to make the playoff. Everything's right in front of you, but you get your ass kicked in embarrassing fashion in the conference title game, and then you lose to a team like Tulane in uh, in a New Year's Six Bowl. Is that a good year? Would you take that if you're Texas?
1: I mean, to some fans it may be acceptable, but no, I'm – this is this is a year where there's there should be probably one loss at the most. I, I'm 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 buying into the fact that we're there now. Wow. One, one loss. That loss can be to Alabama or it could be to one Big 12 team. And even if they play, whether they play in the college playoffs or not, you know, this is a group that if they go into a bowl game, they should win the bowl game too. Not none of that stuff that happened at, you know, the Alamo bowl, the home away from home bowl, you know, that they had like. Win your games. You're playing the game. You only get to play this game so many times. Play it to win it. Don't play it just to be a participant. Play it to win the game. Mm. You play to win the game. <laughs> no? Thanks, Herb. You don't play to be a participant. You play to win that doggone game. So if you're going to play in them, win the games.
0: Wow. Well, yeah. I mean, Buck, if the Longhorns only lose one game this year, they're going to the playoff, right? It doesn't matter when that one loss occurs. You look at what TCU did last year. Well, they didn't lose until the conference championship game. But even though they lost the Big Twelve title, they still made it to the CFP. So if will be strong goes, enough.
1: Will this conference be strong enough to get get? Well, uh, it is. Te- I know it's Texas. It, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Number one, yes, the conference will be strong enough. And number two, it's Texas. So yeah, and you're losing
1: like, to and you're losing to a team like Alabama and surly. Well, right. it, doesn't I mean, ma- it, it doesn't matter. you're saying it doesn't matter. What team they lose. You could you
0: could lose to. I don't think anyone wants to lose to Kansas again. But you could lose to Kansas. No, then that you means you've you got to win over Alabama.
1: You can't lose to Kansas and you can't lose to Joey McGuire. No, Joey freaking uh, McGuire.
0: Yeah, that one would sting, right? You can't Late lose a year it. at, at home. Yeah, that would hurt. That one would hurt a lot. No. It doesn't matter who you lose to, man. If you lose one game this year, you're making it to the college football playoff. I don't think that's going to happen. And you've got high expectations for that. You're sitting here talking about you expect Texas to only lose one game this year?
1: Yeah, my expectation is this group is going to lose a game, wow. and 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 that game is not, that game is not in conference. I mean, I see them dogfighting in games in conference, but once again, remember, I'm telling saying the high, the head coach is winning two of them for you. So the dog fight will be, Texas Tech will be a dog fight because it'll be the end of the season, you know, and somewhere along the way there'll be K State, Kansas that gives them trouble, but the head coach will find a way to win those games. He'll find a way to win two in-conference games. I'm not saying he's going to find a way to beat the Crimson Tide, you know, in Tuscaloosa. I'm not saying that. That's a big that, – that's a player – players not crapping themselves just going out onto the field. You know, that's, that's one of those where, you know, players play, coaches coach. You walk onto the field, but except for it, it's a different type of field and it's a different type of uh, atmosphere that you walk into. I'm not saying the atmosphere at University of Texas is bad. It's been crazy here. I mean, the crowd's you know, over 100,000. But when you walk into that field in Tuscaloosa, that's a different – that's winning all the time. That's not winning some of the time. That's winning all of the time. So Mm -hmm. that's going to put your players in a different position. And there are things throughout that game. Will they be able to overcome it? It would be great if they could. It would be absolutely great if they could. I don't know. I still see a close ball game but I don't see Texas winning that football game, but the rest of them, the Baylors of the world, the Texas Techs of the world, the TCUs of the world, out of here. Just get out out of here with the Big 12. Leave this conference and be bold about leaving this conference. And and leave with people's bodies just laid out all over the place as you leave the Big 12 conference. All these teams, just tear them apart.
0: I like that. You got me ready to run through a brick wall down here in Houston, man. Sign me up for that. Yeah, I would I would take an undefeated run through the Big 12 this year.
1: You got a $5 million, $6 million a year coach. It's yeah. time for him to earn that cash Agreed. right now in year number three. Going out of this conference, earn your cash in year number three. You can talk about five-year contracts and all that stuff. Year number three with the recruiting that you've had and with the coaching staff that you have, the continuity of all these coaches still being here, and adding some of the really good minds of college football on your staff that are temporaries. But these guys, these guys matter. Gary Patterson mattered last year to that defense. Paul Chris, he's going to matter to this offense. Take advantage of having coaches like that on your staff and take advantage of this conference. This conference is not that good. Let's, I mean, let's be honest. This is a year of a lot of questions in this conference. Probably was a year last year but TCU and Sonny Dykes, who's a good football coach, found a way to get it done. Why can't this football coach? I know, 500 football coach, give me all that stuff. But you know what? That guy's been in and out of the ringer. He should be mature enough this year with the kind of talent that he has and the coaches around him to get it done. I mean, they got every means. I mean, they, yeah. they, you know, they've got all the facilities, all the all the means, the state people will come, 100,000. If you suck, 100,000 will still show up here. They're going to show up. Give them something to cheer about. Give them something to be happy about. Give your players something, some confidence they they feel about you as a head coach. If you're going to be the guy for a long period of time as they move on to the best conference in in college football, then give your players something that they can hang their hat on about you as a coach. Not just you're a great recruiter. Oh, this is a great guy. He's a nice guy. You know what? We get to go to pool parties with him. Look at our locker room. Look at what Texas has to offer us. Have something that you believe in the guy who calls the plays and the guy who makes all the decisions for the football team. Have confidence in him that when you go out there, you're not going to lose. We're not losing. We're not losing to TCU. We're not losing to Texas Tech. Come on. We're not losing. Damn sure not losing to Baylor. I mean, that's the kind of confidence I think that your team and your players should have in you as the head guy. Not in all the coaches. Yeah, you know, the coaches around you, the position coaches, that's nice. But you as the leader, the true leader of the football team, you know, besides the quarterback, there's nobody else that's the true leader, that t- real true leader. That's the head coach. That's mm-hmm. the guy who makes all these decisions. That's the guy who tells you, pull your socks up. You look a little sloppy. That's the guy who said, oh, yeah, I see on paper you missed two classes this week. That's the guy who's your acting father right there, the one who really, really matters, the one who goes to your home and tells your parents that, hey, I'm going to take care of your son. I'm going to give him the best coaching. I'm going to give him the best uh, best chance to become a real adult. He's not going to be the same 18 year older when he left you, when he comes back to you, he's going to be a grown man. Okay. Well have those guys that you're telling that same thing to feel that way about you as football players, because that's why they come here. Texas got a lot of doctors and lawyers and, you yeah. know, oil people. They got tons of those. You know what they want right now from this group? They want some real live football players and yeah. we have some real live games and some real live championships. And there's one sitting right in front of you. Can't get any better than this. Man, Sark's got to hire
0: you to give a pregame speech or two this year. That they don't was... want
1: me over there. I'm too much for them.
0: Man, that was well done right there. What do you mean you're too much for them? Are you going to go full Pat Fitzgerald and start uh,
1: I'm
0: going go to go full George
1: Patton. I'm going to go full George Patton. That's who I'm going to go.
0: Oh, man. Uh, how about Nick with this question? How much for one of those Texas rings? You selling uh, any of your old school conference championship rings?
1: No, these go. These go to. They'll go to one of my sons. Who will have these rings when it's all said and done. That's that's who. That's on the paper for them to have these rings. What they do with them is their business.
0: Yep, I like that. All right, before we uh, shift gears and talk some NFL. Buck, you want to tell the great people about audio visual consultations and the great work our buddy Tom McKay has been doing in Central Texas for three decades plus now.
1: You, you're talking about the very best being around the very bus. They've got everything you need to have the entertainment system of your dreams. And you don't have to shop for the TV, then the surround sound, and then all the mounts, the equipment needed to make it all work. Because Tom and his guys, they bring everything you need and they set it up for you. Audio visual consultations is one of the largest dealers of most television and audio brands. They have all the hottest items, once again, in stock. You don't have to wait weeks upon weeks. Like when BK gets to his place Friday, he's not going to have to wait weeks upon weeks to get that great Sonos equipment. It's going to be right there, and Tom's going to set that up. And they're not raising prices. A lot of people taking advantage of a lot of other people. Tom McKay, he won't do that. As a matter of fact, he gives you above what you really, really deserve. Believe me, if you can get him out of your house once he's there, that's the key. Get him out of the house, get him to work, and then get him out of your house. (laughs) Audiovisual visual consultations, 512-255-8678, or catch them online at abconsultations.com.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And shout out to our friends over there at the Altstadt Brewery. Altstadt beer is my choice of beer here throughout these red-hot summer months in the state of Texas. I've been drinking it down here in H-Town. I'll be drinking it once I move back to Austin this weekend. They've got it all over the state. If you're watching from the Metroplex, they've got you covered. If you're watching from San Antonio, They've got you covered. You can find six packs of Altstadt beer wherever you get your beer, and they've got a number of different brews. Something for every beer drinker out there. A couple of great ones for the summer, too. The Altstadt Light, super easy to drink. Light on the calories, not light on the taste. Also, the Altstadt Peach Rattler, made with juice from real Fredericksburg peaches. It is fantastic. Super easy to drink. Super enjoyable to drink and perfect for the summertime here in the Lone Star State. Altstadt Beer is the official beer of Texas Sports Unfiltered. It should be the official beer of you as well. It's Altstadt Beer. No impurities, no regrets. Okay, Bucky, how about some running back news in the NFL? You know, it's been a rough offseason for running backs. Guys have been getting cut. Guys have been getting traded. Guys who were free agents have been struggling to find teams. And boom, yesterday, two of the biggest names that were still out there on the open market found homes in the same division, oddly enough. Longtime Dallas Cowboy running back Zeke Elliott signing a one-year contract with the New England Patriots and longtime Minnesota Vikings running back, yes, your guy, Dalvin Cook, signing a one-year deal with the New York Jets. What did you make of uh, those two moves made across the NFL yesterday?
1: I think one was a great move, and that was Dalvin Cook to the Jets. That really puts puts them just absolutely right in the thick of things, I believe, now. You know, I, I really do. I do because, you know, they got the young running back from last year. He's still banged up and hurt. And there's no telling when he's going to get in. He's not going to be able to take a full load anyway. But to get a guy like Dalvin Cook that's been a premier running back in, in the league over the last couple of years, I mean, 1,100, 1,400 yards rushing, that is absolutely fabulous for the Jets. Takes a lot of pressure off of – well, there's always going to be pressure on Aaron Rodgers because he's going to put the pressure on himself, whether it's in the media or on the football field. But that's going to take some of that pressure off that offense, which is, I mean, it's going to be one of the best offenses in football as as they go along, as he starts to get in tune with some of the receivers that they have with the jets. But I like the move of Dalvin cook. He's got, has been stable. He's been good. He he, he takes care of the football. He's a hard nosed runner. He's still, he's still got it. He's just not going to get a massive contract that like all running back, you know, as we talked to Ricky uh, last week about, it's just not going to happen after, after five years, you're going to hit that downward spiral. I don't know if he's there, but, you know, these guys get rejuvenated when they go to a new team for a year, and then they get punched in the face after about 5,000 carries, and they're back to that normal, you know, five-, six-year plan where they start to go downhill. I like it for them. Why the Patriots want an old-ass Zeke Elliott, I have no clue. That's just reaching. But Bill Belichick has a tendency, you know, to have four or five different running backs. And what's that do to Stevenson, the kid who's already there? I think that was a guy from Oklahoma that was having, you know, two pretty good seasons. Yep. I mean, what does that do? What does that do for him mentally? I mean, is it going to, is it going to, is going to fire him up? Because I think he played well, he played well enough last year and the year before that, as it is, that guy doesn't need anybody to stoke his fire. And Zeke Elliott's not going to stoke that kid's fire. That kid's a really good running back, but is he going to take carries away from him or is it going to help out his career, his longevity? But for me, just think about this. The Patriots aren't a team. They haven't been for a long, long time in many a Super Bowl where they have just one running back. They go with a the committee. They run, they truly yeah. do running back by committee. So is it a good move for them? I don't think so. I don't think Zeke Elliott, if if you just want to give somebody money and you need to have a veteran presence around, because I still think he's, he's worth it when it comes to goal line and short yardage. I think he has a knack for scoring touchdowns and first downs, but they already have a big running back like that. Yeah. is a big kid. I mean, he's – I mean, do you just pull him out when, when you need a, a first-down run up? you know, third and one-and-a-half, third and two and bring Zeke in? When you already have a guy who does that, that's a part of what he does. He, he, he runs people over. He can, he's got good speed. He can run around. He's still young enough. But are you taking carries away from him? Are you taking money out of his pocket? Are you taking that bonus money out of that dude's pocket by bringing Zeke Elliott in for a short yardage guy? Or are you helping his career? That's the only thing I have. Zeke Elliott is not going to bust off 60-yard runs, I don't believe. That's not going to happen. He's not that part of his life right now either.
0: No, no, yeah, those days are behind him. I mean, look, teams need to have a good number two running back, right? Like, you just can't sure. be giving every single carry to one guy over the course of a 17-game season. That's just way too much of a workload for anybody. So I've got no problem with teams trying to bolster up their, uh, their backup running back spots. Yeah, Zeke's best days are behind him. He can't be a bell cow running back in this league anymore, but he could be a solid number two. And like you said, he could be a good short yardage guy. He could be a good goal line guy. He could be a good guy to spell Ramondre Stevenson a little bit. And look, I think Zeke's going to be a little bit rejuvenated because of the way things ended in Dallas, right? I'm not going to sit here and tell you he's going to run for, you know, 13, 14, 1500 yards again. And he's not going to find that explosiveness that he had at the start of his career with the Cowboys or during his college days at Ohio state but I still, think, uh, I still think he's got a little bit left in the tank. I think he can provide some value to the Patriots, and it's a very cheap contract, right? So yeah, I mean, able- if you get
1: him on the cheap, that's fine. I mean, he's going to want to be ultra-competitive now, and, and now he's with a team that's won some Super Bowls, not a team that's been in some Super Bowls but haven't been there lately, haven't been in any playoffs lately, really. So he's going to he, – he has a point to prove with the Patriots that he's still pretty – you know, he's a, he's a valuable, productive football player – which, as I said, there are not many better than Zeke Elliott when it comes to getting a first down. That guy has a nose and finds ways to get first downs and touchdowns near the goal line. That alone, to me, I guess it's worth it if the contract is is there, but are you taking money out of your number one guy's pockets and making him all of a sudden – I, Who I don't care.
0: Bill Belichick doesn't give a shit about that. I,
1: I know he doesn't. Bill Belichick doesn't care. He'll he wants
0: to take money back. out of his pocket so he can get him on a cheaper contract the next time his deal's up. That's true. And then he'll
1: have five running backs yeah. in his stable. That's, that's the way Belichick plays it. You're absolutely right. But for the guy who's I, – I, I think Stevenson, I think he's really, really played well over the last two years. It hadn't been about him. It really you hadn't. Know. It's been about the quarterback play and that offensive line play because Bill Belichick will have a fantastic defense. His worst defenses are better than most teams' best defenses. That's just the way they. That's just the way he does things because he's that that uh, intelligent when it comes to defensive play.
0: Yeah,
1: I I like. It's okay. I'm not totally down on it. I mean, I'm going to call Zeke Elliott just an old ass player because he is now. Just is.
0: He's a backup center too. So if I saw what happened the last
1: time he played center, how he got blown up (laughs) on the last play of the game. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what that was about. But I like Dalvin Cook with the jets I, they have to do that yeah man, they really do that's a security that's not just a security blanket that guy can start and keep a job that's how good yeah. he is
0: yeah he's got more left in the tank than uh, oh, yeah. it does i mean dalvin cook was still one of the best running backs in football last year and it was a little bit of a surprise that uh, your Vikings let him go now i get it you know saving money uh and that's just yeah, how you said right? to
1: put that into their defense they're all terrible defense yeah, 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 yeah. The NFL just about so they, they lost a lot that. of
0: talent on that offense. But yeah, for the Jets, it's a good pickup because you're right. Brees Hall had a great rookie season before he went down with an injury, uh, but he is coming back from a serious injury. Now they just took him off the pup list yesterday, so he should be good to go for week one. But like you said, you get a little weary. Of a guy coming off of a major injury, trying to give him a full workload, especially at a position like running back. So to
1: the Super Bowl, BK. This is for Aaron Rodgers. This is a this is not a just a trip to the playoffs. And they're already a tough enough division, but this is a group trying to get to a Super Bowl. the 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 Jets believe with their defense and some of their offensive weapons, which include Aaron Rodgers and their wide receivers, and now with the addition of this guy Dalvin Cook, they I think they believe they can play in the Super Bowl.
0: Yep. And the book uh, and uh, what was uh, the Jets, Aaron Rodgers took a massive pay cut. You didn't take any massive pay cuts. You never take. Yeah.
1: Oh, no, no, no. Are you no, kidding you, me?
0: Yeah. You need, you need that money. Aaron Rodgers took that huge pay cut. And so you figure, right. The Jets have a lot of money to spend and they went out and got Dalvin cook. So that's another weapon for an offense that is loaded with weapons. And you're right. I mean, the Jets have Super Bowl aspirations this year. And they should. I mean, the AFC is ridiculously tough, right? They'd be much better set if they were in the NFC. The AFC is loaded with all the ridiculously good quarterbacks in that conference. I mean, if you're making it to a Super Bowl, you've got to go through Mahomes, you got to go through Burrow, you got to go through Allen, you got to go through Herbert, you got to go through Lamar Jackson, you got to go through Lawrence. I mean, it's just ridiculous how many good QBs there are in the AFC. And it's kind of like that you know, the NBA from like 10 years ago where the West was just so much better than the East and it was obvious, like that's how it is now. The AFC is clearly better than the NFC. So it's going to be tough for the Jets to make that run, but they're doing whatever they can. Like they are loading up a super talented roster. They They already already had one of the best defenses in football last year. And for a while, they were kind of in the mix with Zach Wilson at quarterback. So if Aaron Rodgers can resemble the guy he was when he won back-to-back MVPs two and three years ago, yeah, I mean they they are very much a, a contender to make a deep playoff run yeah, in the AFC, the, and with Alvin Cook, they're even better.
1: The AFC is just low. I mean, when you when when you get, you know, the, the all the talk this spring was Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson's contract. If Lamar Jackson now with Odell Beckham, which I I I don't see Odell Beckham as being. I, I know what people still think of him as that guy. I really don't. I just think of him as that that second kind of receiver for for the Ravens. But when you get J.K. Dobbins, who's returning to him, you know, you get Zay Flowers in that offense along with Lamar Jackson, a Lamar Jackson that's gotten better each and every year when it comes to percentage-wise throwing the football and a guy that can take off like a running back, which everybody kind of hates there. But he has to do what he has to do, what's best for the team. He's going to take off and run. That's just the nature of his game. That, that offense is going to be pretty good, I got to believe, with the Ravens. But do I expect the Ravens come out of camp? to be healthy at running back. This group gets hurt coming off the bus going to practice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is a team that injuries just happen to them. I mean, it's happened to them for the last four or five years. And it's not only just happened offensively, it's happened to this defense. But they can going to keep a, a decent defense and keep a couple of these running backs. J.K. Dobbins is really a good player. He just, we just haven't seen him really, really healthy since he was – healthy. he wasn't healthy at Ohio State the last year. But if right. he stays healthy enough with Lamar Jackson – Odell Beckham Jr., Zay Flowers, this offense, and their tight end Mark Andrews. It's going to be a pretty good offense. But yeah. the and then that and that. Just think about that division. You can't afford to lose. You can't lose. You know, you're talking about 17 games. You can't afford to lose. You can't have two games in a row that you lose. You can't do that in that division. No, that division's really good
0: too, good. right? Cincinnati, of course, with yes. Joe Burrow, they've uh, they've won it the last couple of years. Pittsburgh never has a bad season. Right. Like the jury's still out on Kenny Pickett, but they always seem to finish over 500 with Mike Tomlin as their head coach. Cleveland's a big wild card, right? Like if the Sean Watson can look like the guy he was in Houston for a few years, then, okay, that's a pretty talented roster too. They've got maybe the best running back in football and Nick Chubb and they've got Amari Cooper and they've got a lot of weapons on both sides of the ball. Miles Garrett on that defense, like they can be good if the Sean Watson figures it out and stays off of Instagram and uh, yeah, I mean, that division is just, it's very, very good. I, you know, you, you could make a case buck for like, I don't know, 10 AFC teams to win the AFC this year. I mean, how many teams can you eliminate, right? Like Houston, Houston's not winning the AFC this year. No. Uh, Indianapolis is not winning the no, AFC. No, they're not. i
1: trying to the, think. The Titans, are, Titans aren't either.
0: Titans probably aren't winning. Uh, the Raiders aren't winning the AFC this year. Uh, the Broncos probably not. I know they've got a Super Bowl winning coach, which that's Sean about Pitt.
1: it. You you hit it. That's about it.
0: Yeah, those those five. So you still have what uh, eleven teams? That yeah, I don't really think have Patriots, a shot.
1: The Patriots fans want to be there yeah. because they've been there so often. And Robert Kraft is going to start getting really really shitty about what's going on in New England. That guy's used to being in parades. He's used to you know he's used to being at the top of the the, the top of the heap when it comes to owners. He's not. He and Bill Belichick. If they don't get to a certain winning level this year, they will have a talk. And people think, no, Bill Belichick will walk the way he wants to walk. I don't believe that's true. I believe they keep going down the path that they're going down, looking, having defensive coordinators be their offensive coordinator and having so much uncertainty within their staff. I think Robert Kraft's going to, he and Bill Belichick are going to part ways here very shortly over the next couple of years. And it may be this year if they don't get it done. If they come up with a bogus year and just get it hammered by the Jets, and the Bills and and everybody else in the AFC, you may see Bill Belichick say, you know what? It's probably time for me.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh, the Patriots, you're probably right. I'd add them to the list as well uh, of teams. I mean, I think they're the worst team in the AFC East this year. Like, they could be solid, and I get it. They've got one of the best coaches in the history of the NFL, if not the best coach in NFL history. But I think the Jets are more talented. I think the Bills are obviously more talented. If Tua stays healthy, massive if – but I think they're more talented too. So yeah, the Patriots probably the uh, the worst team in their division right now. Which how long has it been since you've been able to say that?
1: It's a long time. Well, but we know one thing about them: they can still play defense. They were one of the the leaders in defense last year with a just a hump offense. I mean, they were just as bad as can be offensively. And now, what do they what do they get out of their young quarterback? I mean, you got Bill O'Brien is back, so. Mm. All hail Bill O'Brien. He's back in New England, so I, I expect him to be. I expect him to be better. I mean, does Zeke make him a little bit better? Okay, Zeke Elliott's return, for glory is coming up. But no, I, 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 I mean, I've never been a Ravens fan. I just haven't. But I just know this. There's the, all all the talk about Lamar Jackson. I always just wish that guy well because I think he's. A, I think he's a square up young man. I think he wants to get better as a quarterback, and he has. He really has. When you watch and you look at his stats, how he's done well. But that running and taking off, you're just asking in the NFL to just get hammered. I mean, you just and now it's 17 games, and they're always missing him when they need him the most, just before the playoffs. He always seems to get hurt. You know, if Dude got hurt in game number one and was back for game number five, that's different. But this guy gets hurt in game twelve.
0: Well, before he got that contract, he would get hurt and then act like he was hurt a lot more than he was.
1: Oh, yeah. and But he's yeah. got that contract now.
0: Now he's got the contract. He'd like to think he'll be uh, extra motivated. Look, injuries are injuries. If the guy actually gets injured, there's nothing sure. you can do. But uh, I think there was a, a chance Lamar was milking it a little bit down the stretch last year as kind of a Tom Herman double bird to the Ravens front office for not giving him that contract that he had been looking for for a number of years. To that point so now that he's got that money the hope is that yeah the uh the motivation will be there a little bit more and Lamar will at least try in those type of situations to play but and,
1: and, and do we have to of course we have to put it in the Pittsburgh Steelers because yep. your head coach wins every year he's never had a losing season which I, I I find hard to believe that defense in with Pittsburgh is going to be there and small and little hands picket what is little hands picket going to be like this year you know yeah
0: Kenny, two gloves.
1: Oh, yeah. That's, that? That'll be two interesting gloves? to see, see how he's matured in just one year. What is you up know?
0: with you people in PA, man?
1: Little hands.
0: Do you wear two gloves when you do radio? What, what's going on?
1: I wear two gloves now that I play golf because I got this re- weird finger that won't bend anymore. And to all the doctors out there, tell me what this is. Please just tell me. I don't, you know, from playing wide receiver all these years and getting fingers dislocated, this one has never been dislocated but I can't bend it. It has no bend in it. So I'm playing four finger golf right now. Do I get a shot in that thing? Do I have to take this arthritis medicine and rub it on? Do I need CBD oil? You know, do I need to find a glory hole to to get it in to bring me back some flexibility? I mean, what is it that I need for this finger? I'm taking these suggestions because I can't, I can't continue to have this finger straight without any flexibility on it. It Just, it hurts. If I bend it, I'll scream. You know what I'm saying? It just it just hurts that bad. So I'm counting on you doctors out there to just tell me, dude, it's arthritis. You're done. Play with the four fingers and enjoy playing. Or cut the finger off. Take the finger.
0: Amputation.
1: Take the finger if I have to, Ronnie Lott. I'll take the finger if I have to.
0: Uh-oh. Here comes the doctor. doctor.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, no. Out of nowhere comes the doctor. Doc Trey, what's going on, man? You're muted, Trey. Some doctor you are come on doc what's
0: the deal I'm a doctor I'm not a technical guy I don't know who's telling you a glory hole is good for your fingers the glory hole is best for your eyes if you are having eye issues look into the glory hole and it will okay. <laughs> but don't
1: stick my finger in the glory hole no just stick your eye in there okay thank you,
2: <laughs> 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 thank you. Okay. Okay,
1: that, that's what you I have do
0: cataracts here. if you do that. Oh my God! You're gonna be oh, there's gonna be
1: lots of there'll be lots of questions to be answered here today on the golf course for sure. Yeah,
0: forget uh, forget Ronnie Lott. You're going to be Stevie Wonder if you oh take Doc Trey's advice and stick your eye in that glory hole, man. <laughs> God, well, you putting your finger
1: in there? What, Jerry Jones, big glory hole guy? I'm a big glory hole guy. Yeah, I mean, anything to help this finger out. It's just, it's just a weird thing. You hope someday you'll reach this age where things like this. Are starting to happen to you, you know, because you know you've made it. If you get to the point where your fingers won't bend anymore, and I've been fortunate, like I said, I've not had arthritis, you know, I've had knee replacements, I've had thoracic surgery, re, you know, redone thoracic back stuff, shoulders, you know, I've had a stroke at 29 years old, but I never wanted to, I was always worried about getting my fingers all arthritic. Because I've seen people's hands all crumbled up like the Wicked Witch of the West, you know what I'm saying? But now, some of these things are starting to happen. And that was my good finger. That was my pointer. Yeah, yeah. This is the one I used to stick in Priest Holmes and Ricky Williams' face. Hey, you, you don't that ball. Don't put that ball on the ground.
0: You can still do that. You can straighten it out. You just can't bend it, right? That's the issue.
1: I I can't. I can't get it bent down. So. There'll be a doctor, like a real doctor, not that guy that just shows up, poof, out of nowhere, <laughs> not trying try to give us advice. I, I, no like how, I
0: like how you said I'd be lucky if I had all of the medical problems that you've had in your life. I'd be lucky to get to your age and have a stroke at 29. I am 29 right now, so – now I'm counting down the days till I'm 30. I've never looked so forward to being 30 in my entire life. <laughs> Talking about back replacements, knee replacements, and you're saying I'd be fortunate to have it like you? Come on.
1: You're worn. That means you're worn. That means you've gone through the ups and downs of the physical part of life. Mentally, you'll always be there, BK. I'm I'm pretty sure mentally. For me, I'm just like one fall on the property away from mentally just being done. That's <laughs> for me. I'm like two. One, one more hit and that's it. <laughs>
0: Not sure you've ever had it mentally. I'm not sure I have either. I'll tell you what. If I get to the point where I'm relying on Doc Trey Elling for medical advice, I'm just going to off myself, dude. I'm not. I'm... <laughs>
1: just walk to the woods and don't come back.
0: Yeah, I'm not, I'm not dealing with anything like that. Keep eating the Taco Bell there, buddy. <laughs> yeah,
1: you'll be there. You'll be there quick enough. <laughs> keep, on, keep on dieting on Taco Bell. It'll happen to you.
0: Oh my God. All right. Keep the comments coming. We're rolling along until 10 o'clock right here. I got to ask you something. I got to
1: ask you about Texas Rangers Astros. I got to know where where we stand right now. Are the Rangers pulling away from this group again?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say they're pulling away from the Astros, but they did gain a game on the Astros last night. Uh, The Rangers dominated the angels who are terrible, man. I mean, the Angels made that big decision at the trade deadline, Buck, to keep Shohei Ohtani. He's going to be a free agent this offseason. A lot of people thought that maybe the Angels were going to try to trade him and just get a haul back in return so they could kind of start their rebuild. But they decided to keep Shohei, and not only that, they decided to add a bunch of pieces at the trade deadline as well. And, well, it's backfired because they've been one of the worst teams in baseball since the deadline. They're not completely out of the playoff race, but they've got a long way to go. If they want to get back in there, the Rangers are catching them at a good time. The Rangers just beat the crap out of them last night, 12 to nothing, the final there. And Max Scherzer, future Hall of Famer. The Rangers obviously made a big move to get him right before the deadline. He was awesome. Seven scoreless innings, uh, more than 12 or more than 10 strikeouts. I think he ended up with 12 strikeouts last night. You know he's been amazing. Like the first inning he had in a Rangers uniform was not good. He gave up three runs. People were clowning on him, people were clowning on the Rangers for making that move. Since then, he's been lights out. So he's been great. The Rangers offense obviously gave him a ton of run support last night. The Rangers got a win, and the Astros lost to the fish to the Marlins. Really? Yeah, five to one there. They couldn't get their offense going. So the Rangers lead the Astros by now three and a half games in the American league West still plenty of baseball left, but uh, the Rangers did gain a game last night. And, you know, it's, it's funny, Buck, the three best teams, this was the case maybe two or three days ago. I I assume it's still the case right now. The three best teams in baseball since the trade deadline are all in the American league West. It's literally the Rangers, the Astros and the Mariners. So the Mariners have been hot. They're back into the playoff picture, but like the Astros have been playing some great baseball as of late and because the Rangers have been just as good, even a couple of games better, the Astros haven't been able to make up any ground. So it's been, it's been a really, really fun division race, and neither team seems to be letting up right now.
1: Well, I'll just say this. You don't have to worry about Shohei Otani. He's not coming back to the Angels next year. They've made the try. They're not going to do anything. So I will see him in New York, New York, where that's right. Your New York Yankees get Judge out of center field, running through fences and hurting his toe. Just show, hey, when he's not pitching, he can go out in center field and, and have a good time and be the world's greatest baseball player. But we can't have Aaron Judge going through fences and, and hurting his toe because when I find myself in times of trouble, Derek Jeter comforts me. That's right. Where is the captain <laughs> when you need the damn captain? You know what I'm saying? Look at him. Look at Derek Jeter on his knees making that play, folks. This is how he played later in his career when he had easy plays. He wanted to still hang around with the Yankees, made him look tough. He'd go down on one knee and make an easy play look unbelievably hard. That's what Jeter did, but he's still the captain. He's my captain, number two. That's right, my favorite number, number two.
0: About a when I find myself in times of trouble, a Let It Be remix.
1: Derek Jeter comforts me. Jeter, the man who can make a woman who married a woman who talks to horses. That is awesome.
0: And you're talking about Derek Jeter on his knees. Is that uh, Does that have anything to do with the glory hole you were talking about? A
1: few <laughs> oh, minutes? no. Come on, man. Are you sure? That guy, that guy has such a beautiful family. He's got that beautiful wife, and she's there talking to that big white horse in the commercials. Man, she doesn't do commercials anymore. What, what happened to her? She's a, she a model. Why? She doesn't have to model anymore now? She's a family woman. She's got, what, two or three kids two or with Three genes. daughters, I believe, yeah. yeah. Mean you can't stop your work. Trying to get back to work for her. Mm.
0: Congrats to your last place, Yankees. You're talking is that? trash What's her about name? them. Hannah
1: Storm. Hannah
0: Davis. Oh, or Hannah he,
1: Davis Storm or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: She's she's related to Glenn Davis, soccer match. Niece.
1: That's his niece.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. Really? Glenn got all the soccer talk talent and uh Hannah yeah, all got the all looks. the looks. Absolutely. Yeah. Fair fair trade for
1: her. Yeah, we'll I have think. to get some. Well, I know this is America's podcast, but we do have to get some soccer in there eventually. We need to get to Glenn Davis and talk to him about ladies are out, USA out of the World Cup. What are the men going to do? What's Austin FC? Are they any good? Are they for real? Or is this just a, you know, is this going to be a joke of a season for them? They're so up and down this season. It's incredible.
0: Well, People forget you and I had a soccer podcast once.
1: Yes, yes we did. And Glenn Davis was on that soccer podcast. It was well, the most listened to ever soccer since that podcast. podcast disappeared. So has this. So has this soccer club. <laughs> most
0: listened to soccer podcast of all time for like two months before there I go. I moved to Houston. All right, coming up at the uh, top of the hour right now. I'm gonna give some more love to some more sponsors. How about Centex Tickets, Buck? Your guy Shelby over there, Centex Tickets. They've got tickets to all of the games. Hey, Austin FC games. If you want tickets to those, they've got you covered. Of course, college football the NFL, Major League Baseball, the NBA, every sport, all year round. You can find those tickets, 100% guaranteed tickets, mind you, over there at Sentextickets.com. Plus, they've got concert tickets. They've got tickets to Broadway shows, ACL Music Festival coming up here in a couple of months. They've got everything you need right there on site. Just check them out at Sentextickets.com. And our boy Ashish. Ashish, what's up, man? From 7-Eleven. He was the first guy in the chat room this morning, so we know Ashish is up and at him early today. Go say what's up to him. He runs the 7-Eleven down in South Austin off Monterey Oaks. I'm moving right to that area, so I'll be at that 7-Eleven a ton. Go see Ashish. He's going to hook you up all of the time and just go to whatever 7-Eleven. If you don't live in South Austin, if you live somewhere else in Austin, if you live in Houston, if you live in Dallas, there's got to be a 7-Eleven near you Go get all of your summer drinks, all of your snacks. They've got gas at a lot of the 7 Elevens too. Fuel up your summer at 7 Eleven, your
1: go-to convenient store. Love them. Love them. Love them to get my newspaper, my hard copy. That's right. Get my hard copy from 7 Eleven huh? mm. All right. Mm-hmm. We've
0: got it, we've got to get into this uh, Michael Orr story here, Buck, because it feels like all of us were blindsided by the movie The Blindside, Side, which came out in 2009, and that movie was massively popular, massively popular. Yeah, it got
1: Sandra Bullock an Academy Award, I believe.
0: Yep, it did, her very first Academy Award, and we've got just a crazy twist to this Michael Orr blindside story. Uh, Michael Orr very recently followed a 14 page lawsuit in Shelby County, Tennessee, alleging that Sean and Leanne Tui, the parents portrayed by Tim McGraw and Sandra Bullock in the movie, the blind side uh, who took Orr into their home as a high school student. They never actually adopted him. The lawsuit alleges that less than three months after Orr turned 18 back in 2004, The couple tricked him into signing a document, making them his conservators, which gave them legal authority to make business deals in his name. The petition further alleges that the twoies used their power to strike a deal that paid them and their two birth children millions of dollars from royalties from the Oscar-winning film that earned more than $300 million, while Michael Orr says he got nothing for a story that would not have existed without him. And in the years since, the TUIs have continued calling the 37 year old or their adopted son. They've used that to promote their foundation, as well as Leanne TUI's work as an author and motivational speaker. So basically, Michael Orr is coming out and saying that everything that we saw in the movie and everything that we've grown to know about the TUI family and that whole story is a total lie. This thing is insane, Buck. This
1: is, this is, this is two awful people, if this is all true. If Michael Lord didn't get any anything, it, not a cent from this movie or didn't get his fair share from this movie, this is awful by these two people. I mean, I mean, I have an adopted son and to, to go through adoption and do what you have to do. And it is truly saving somebody's life, I, I believe. And Sandra Bullock's not gonna be, she's gonna be pissed because she has two adopted children. I got a feeling that the lady who won the Academy Award eventually is going to say something about her Academy Award and how she won it, and the and the people that are involved in this, I don't think she's I don't think she's the kind of lady, you know, she spends a lot of time in Austin, Texas. That's just going to let this go by. I don't know about Tim McGraw because he's got Faith Hill, so it's all good with him. You know what I'm saying? So everything's good with Tim McGraw, the playing the daddy. But Sandra Bullock has adopted kids, and this is the biggest one of the bigger scams of all time. If this is true, I mean, I had an opportunity to interview Michael Orr uh, at, on, on radio. And I, I told him about, you know, my adopted son, Kyle, and, and how it was just wonderful. And one of, the, one of the truly, maybe the, you know, with the exception of, of praising the Lord that I've done by adopting and saving, help save a kid's life and helping giving him a real opportunity. And he cried during that interview. And it was just, I mean, it was so heartwarming to understand he wanted to be a part of that family. And for these people to never really have adopted him, but to then take his his money, I know I, I know he played in the NFL, but I, they probably scammed his NFL money too because he, when he was 18, when he went off to college and then went off to play, play, I mean, they had the ability to do that. But what they had done had him sign. And I mean, what a just an awful group that is. That's the group. I wish they were my next door neighbors because I'd be flinging my big... Great Pyrenees crap into their yard, into the side of their car. <laughs> fling, it. Bing, 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 flinging across the across the fence over there. I mean, that whole neighborhood must look at these people and go, "What kind of people are you?" Man. And to give it to their their birth kids, to give them—they have money. They have a stake in that movie. What the hell did they do?
0: Yeah, I hear. Uh, I hear Sj. Uh, tried to be recruited to be a tennis player at the University of Texas. He wanted to get in on that scam, too, because that's what wow. the whole family is about right there. Uh, you're missing the story here, Buck. You're bearing the lead. Sandra Bullock is a huge bitch. I can't believe she did that to Michael Orr. You know,
1: Sandra Bullock do, didn't do How that. How could she I'm do
0: that, you. dude? He's Everyone praises out. her, saying she's such a great woman and does so many good things for the she community. She was such a good
1: mom in that movie.
0: And she does this to Michael Orr?
1: Are you kidding me? Sandra didn't do it. She is going, she's not going to be silent on this. I'm she's gonna get interviewed about I saw the movie, she did it. She's she the one did. in the movie. <laughs> she she did. did it. She had him sign those papers, right? Yeah, that was right. Tim Tim McGraw, McGraw, your you? Tim. What about Tim McGraw? Who oh, cares about him?
0: It's time to cancel them. I'm not listening to any more Tim McGraw movies uh, music if you ever did in the I'm first not place. I'm not watching any more Sandra Bullock movies. The one where she's got the blindfold on and she's worried about the birds. That was a documentary, man. We all saw the Blindside documentary. That was a real story. And Sandra Bullock is a horrible person for doing She is
1: not. Dude, don't blame. You can't blame Sandy. She's got adopted children herself. They're really. Oh, oh, are they they really adopted? Are they really adopted? adopted? We're going to have to find out. She is not.
0: are we sure your adopted son is really adopted? Oh, I got
1: I got bills and receipts on that dude. <laughs> I can show you receipts that say yes, he is. They no, call you. Did they he didn't call you after run? the
0: story came out, and he's like, "Hey, Dad." Uh, no, I mean, you know, what's no the deal? there was
1: no free run. I didn't get free free Jordans because of that dude. Those that, that dude cost money. The receipts are there on him. And I, once again, I'm going to say, as this thing continues to grow, Sandra Bullock is going to come out and say these people are horrible people. You know what I'm saying? We all... uh, What do
0: you you think of this? You think Sandra You return her Oscar? No way!
1: No! She's still... That's still her Oscar. She was portraying a story that she believed it was true. She didn't have anything to do with this scam. She's going to come to Michael Orr's. She's met Michael Orr. She's going to come to this guy's rescue and say, hey, you people, you and your deadbeat kids, those deadbeat sons of yours, they're out there... You know they've got college funds because of Michael Orr, and Tim McGraw, good father, good father,
0: good father. He was lying. He wasn't even a father. Oh,
1: Michael <laughs> Orr his kid. Dude, good father, Faith Hill. He's got nice <laughs> teeth. He's got nice teeth. She's got great teeth. I mean, the whole works. That guy. That guy's a leader. He's a leader. That's what yeah. he is. You and your teeth. Sandra Bullock will come to the rescue of Michael Orr. she's not going to stay quiet on this because this hits home with her having Would adopted be. children of her own.
0: Yeah. she going to adopt Michael Orr now in real life. How about that
1: twist? She don't want a, that big ass dude. Well, eating her. no, she's not going to adopt him. He, he wanted to be adopted before. Dude's probably fine now. Yeah. Everything, I mean, everything's good, but you don't think that works on him mentally now ugh, as a, as a grown mean, man. He was thinking, that's my family these two people been scamming him scam the dude they scam this guy
0: i mean the fact that he's made no money from this movie like this was one of the highest growing sports movies of all time and the fact that this guy didn't get a dime from it is crazy dude crazy like that what
1: about his stepbrothers allegedly those two
0: like, to me, that enough right there should be worth a lawsuit. I don't know if legally that's wrong, but, like, that right there should be enough to get the Tui family in trouble for not giving that dude a dime if they, in fact, were cashing in on that movie, and it sure as hell sounds like they were. But, yeah, then you add this on top of it, the fact that they've just been lying about his adoption for decades now. I mean, that, and they've been using it to promote their foundation. Oh, yeah. Their, yeah. Their author work, too. Like, that's ridiculous, man.
1: And I'm telling you, if I'm in the neighborhood, I'm going Tooey, Tooey, I'm staying at their fence. The, <laughs> they got a neighborhood that they have to, you know, they have to get in their cars and go out of their neighborhood. I would be looking at you talking about looking at people just sideways. What a bunch they are when they go to their local H E B. You know what I mean?
0: Yep. Well, here's uh here's a quote from Tim McGraw, aka Sean Tooie. <laughs> 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 he said, quote, we're devastated. It's upsetting to think that we would make money off any of our children, but we're going to love Michael at 37, just like we loved him at 16, end quote. So basically, the statement from Papa Tui says that, number one, the family didn't make any money off of the blind side. I find that very hard to believe. And number two, they say that, no what Michael Orr is claiming is a lie and that he really is their adopted son. So they're basically saying that none of what Michael Orr is alleging is true at all.
1: Either or that dude went out and spent all his money and is looking for more money. I know how this rolls too. We'll see. But Tim McGraw is a good father. He didn't do anything wrong. Hey,
0: let's see that paperwork, Sandra. Okay. (laughs) Let's see what you got. Tim McGraw. All right. Come on now i tell you what, we need a sequel of this, man. Like, for sure. Give, yeah, get a, give me a blindside to Electric Boogaloo or something like that. <laughs> <you> know, <right>? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. That is what we need right there.
1: That's uh, one story I never expected to come back, to rise from the dead. I never thought this would truly – I believed everything in the movie. I fell for it, hook, yeah. line, and sinker. I was like tears in my eyes. Isn't this a wonderful thing? I've got an adopted son. Look at what Sandra is doing. Look at what Tim is doing. Phonies. They ended up being phonies. Really. That's
0: that's the word on the street. My God, what a freaking story, man. Yeah, I am deleting all of the Tim McGraw music from my phone (laughs) as we speak. And that one one stings. I hope this isn't true for so many different reasons, but uh, obviously a bombshell that uh, that hit all of us yesterday and God, it just feels like everyone's seen that movie and we all wanted to believe all of it. And unfortunately it might, uh, it might not be true. This, this is just the start. I have a hunch this thing is going to play out in the public over these next few months, if not longer than that. I'm going to have to
1: get my man CB on this because he'll find out the real truth behind the scenes of all of this. Because there will be be a documentary now on Michael Orr, now on what really happened, what happened in this. He'll be back. He'll be back. The, and we'll find out the true story.
0: Uh, yes we
1: will. True yeah. Court TV. This is going to Court TV for sure. Oh, a judge Judy's going to be on this? I'm a Court TV guy, so I'll be checking this out cuz somebody's going to jail. Sandra Bullock's not going to jail here. No,
0: oh, she's going to jail here. <laughs> Her and Tim McGraw are screwed, dude. And kiss their careers so. goodbye. Yeah. Yep, that's uh that is insane. Yeah, we've known for a while that Michael Lores hated the movie, but this this is just a whole nother element of craziness added on top of it. So there you go. We'll obviously talk more about this on Bucky and BK as more and more details hit all of us. But uh wow, yeah, I know it's uh low-hanging fruit, but we are all blindsided by what we Absolutely. found out from this story yesterday. Freaking insane. All right, before we shift gears and get back into some longhorn football. Let's uh, give another shout-out to one of our sponsors. How about our friends over at Woods Comfort Systems? It is red-hot outside. You don't want your home to be red-hot inside. Woods Comfort Systems can hook you up. If something is going wrong with your AC, you got to reach out to our friends at Woods Comfort Systems. They're celebrating 60 years of providing the very best HVAC services in all of Central Texas. They are dedicated to keeping you comfortable in every season. So, hey, when we do get to the winter, if something's wrong with your heater, they can help you out there too. But for right now, AC maintenance, repair, and installation, they've got it all. Plus, insulation for your attic and duct work as well. And, oh, by the way, plumbing services on top of all of that that go check them out online at woodscomfortsystems.com. systems.com our buddy david partain he's going to make sure that you are taken care of Woodscomfortsystems.com or give them a call 512-842-5066 it's woods comfort systems where comfort is our middle
1: name love those folks because i'm in that air conditioning right now because of woods comfort center i build my new home here my wife and i and they've been fantastic david and travis travis who who's been out to the house before and I'll tell you what, this, these, these groups of people that have been dealing with these air conditioners and these, uh, these systems, BK, they've been on overload. But I'll tell you what, one thing David doesn't do, he doesn't overwork these guys. He's not having them sit up in somebody's attic for, you know, six, seven hours. These guys are fresh. When they come there, they get the work done. They get out and things are working right the way they're supposed to. You have to right now. Yeah. You can't, oh, yeah. You can't be down an air conditioning unit for four or five days. Hell, you can't be down a day. But we do have a cold front coming in. Yeah, I'll be out there in that cold front playing a little golf today, boys and girls.
0: A hundred degree cold front. And what time is your tee time today? Eleven
1: thirty-one.
0: Yeah, you're going to be playing right in the heart of that triple digit heat. I I can't believe you guys. It gets warm.
1: It's it doesn't. I thought the hottest part is like noon time. We start before noon. We should get a couple holes in there, right?
0: Yeah, you'll get a couple holes in there, but you'll be on the back nine. In what? At two o'clock. Oh, one o'clock, yeah. two o'clock. Yeah, you're gonna be dying out there, man. That's why your finger doesn't work.
1: <laughs> it's too swelling up. My hands are swelling up.
0: Oh man. It
1: you is know, hot. You know, BK, that that the the top twenty-five that just came out yesterday with uh, Georgia number one, Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama, LSU, USC. That that bottom half, as I said with Tennessee, Notre Dame, Utah, and Oregon. I'm really surprised that Utah isn't higher at you know, Notre Dame really started to bring it on late in the season last year. And they got the kid Hartman coming from um, from Wake Forest, record-breaking quarterback at Wake Forest, because all they did was throw it around the park over the last three years at Wake Forest. With great wide receivers, big, tall wide receivers, big, tall quarterback. This could change the fate of Notre Dame football right here, to have a quarterback like this, if they got some receivers to go along. Because they were salty on defense last year at the end of the season, the Fighting Irish were.
0: Yeah. The shart man, as I like to call him. Yeah. Sam Hartman is his name. So we call him the shart man. And he's good. He's very good. You're right. He's coming off of a great year at Wake Forest. Hell, he's put together a couple of solid seasons at Wake Forest. So that's a major upgrade for them at the quarterback spot. And, uh, yeah, a lot of excitement with Marcus Freeman, man. It took him a while to get things going in year one last year, replacing Brian Kelly. But things got rolling towards the end of the year. Notre Dame closed this the did. season on a bit of a heater. And it just feels like the potential with Freeman as their head coach is through the roof. Uh, young guy recruits very well. Obviously, Notre Dame's got some uh, recruiting limitations just based on the academics and some of the other stuff going on with that program. But now they should be uh, they should be pretty good this season. They've got a tough schedule as they always do. But I'm gonna are they, playing, to are they playing the
1: Merchant Marine this year? I mean, because they play every academy they can get their hands on. Yeah, All well, they.
0: They play, uh, they've got one of those week zero games. So they play a week from Saturday and they're playing, du- uh, they're playing Navy in Dublin, overseas in Ireland. I know you're a little bit Irish, Buck.
1: That I am. That I'm I not am. Sure.
0: I'm not sure how that works, but you've told people for years that you're Irish. So you making your way over uh, across the pond for that one?
1: I'm not going to make that game. I don't go to any Notre Dame football games. I'm a Boston college grad. So, yeah, you know, i x the fighting irish for sure there's no yeah. doubt about that but i do kiss the blarney stone every once in a while and you know i'm you know 23 and me says i have some irish in me <laughs> so, you actually paid for that of course why Me? yes scottish no. and irish and from um, parts of africa the unknown parts of africa i'm from so yes i'm but i don't i don't do any fighting irish sports Mm. They're at the back of the heap when it comes to sports-wise for me.
0: You still have uh, their fight song
1: memorized? Of course I do. I mean, this it, that'll always be in my mind. We'll do that. We'll do that when football season comes up, too.
0: All right. Sure. Looking forward to that. Hey, Notre Dame schedule, they open up the year, once again, overseas against Navy. But here's why it might be a tough year for the Fighting Irish. They play Ohio State, they play USC, and they play at Clemson. That's three preseason top 10 teams on Notre Dame's schedule. So if they obviously find a way to win two of those games, then oh, right, yeah. they could be making a push for the playoff this year. But that's going to be tough, man. Like new quarterback, second year head coach. They lost a good amount from last year's team. Uh, that's, that's a tough slate for them. They've got some winnable games, of course, in between all of those. But to have to play three top 10 teams, I don't know how many teams in college football have to deal with three top 10 teams this year. Uh, they've got to deal with that. So it could be, uh, it could be tough for the Irish this season. And it won't,
1: it won't matter, BK, if they lose one game a year, even as an independent. They're going. But the, with the new format in oh, yeah. yeah. college you know, and the playoffs, they will be there every year. They don't want to join anybody. They want to stay independent. They understand if they can muster up ways to just have one loss every year, they're in, they're in the thick of things. That's just the way it's going to be for them. Two lost Notre Dame team, even maybe, depending on who that loss is to. They're they're still going to be a part of this thing, so. Yeah, obviously, nope. when
0: you get to the when you get to the twelve team playoff, that's going to change things a ton. Sure. We've never seen a uh, what a two loss team make it to the CFP, right? So, it's hard for me to think that Notre Dame is is going to get in. It's hard for me for to think that any team that loses multiple games is going to make it into the CFP with the uh, the four team format that we've got for for another year.
1: But well, any any team that has a head coach named Saban will get in there with two losses.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, he's had two losses and he hasn't been able to get in. I mean, obviously it depends on what goes on around the country, right? If, if, if the committee has no choice and there just aren't enough one loss teams to throw in there, then all right, they will dip down to uh to a two loss bunch, but it just, uh, it hasn't happened to this no. point where they've had to go to a two loss team. They've been able to find either an undefeated G5 team like Cincinnati from a couple of years ago, or just a one loss power five team regardless of if they make the conference championship or not, right? Ohio State was that team last year. They didn't make the Big Ten title game, but they got some help right. from Utah beating USC, and they had one loss, but uh, they still found a way to make it to the playoff. So, yeah, it's it's tough, man. Even though Notre Dame's got a tough schedule this year, even though they are the brand that they are, uh, one of the biggest in all of college football, if they lose multiple times this season, they're going to be just like everybody else who loses multiple times in a season out of the playoff. Let's hear from uh, Steve Sarkeesian, Buck. He uh, had a media availability in Austin yesterday, and I'm going to give you the option of which cut we play first. We've got a cut about the quarterback. We've got a cut about DJ Campbell on the offensive line. We've got a cut about Alfred Collins, who apparently is having a really, really good camp to this point. Where do you want to start today?
1: Let's hear from the big man, Alfred Collins, about him.
0: all right. Let's uh hear from Steve Sarkisian. And yesterday he was asked about Alfred Collins and here's Sark with some high praise for the senior out of Bastrop.
2: Well, I think Alfred has been had a great training camp. Um very, very impressive. You know, he's uh he's you know, for a big man, he's extremely athletic and powerful. You know, one of the things and you can go back to old press conferences of mine, when I when I reference Alfred, I used to talk about consistency, like we're talking about now, about you know, he, if he can stay consistent, he's a dominant player. And that was always been a little bit of a struggle. Well, he's found consistency now. And so he's, he's a factor in the run game. He's a factor in, in the pass game. He provides great energy at practice. And so uh, for him, been great.
1: It Not just bad. sounds, sounds like a young guy who's, is, is taking some time to mature. That's all. Yeah. And, and now he's a, he's a mature, obviously, he was mature physically when he walked in the door. When he came to the University of Texas, he was already physically mature enough. But it was the mental part of the game. How much does he want it? How much is he willing to put into it? And what does he want to get out of it? And it sounds like he's at all those points right now where he wants to put something in because he he knows what the end game is. With that kind of body, with that kind of athletic ability, there's a lot you can get out of this game. He just found that out pretty late in his career as a college football player. You know, it's been nice to see him do these things as a sophomore, because it's hard to do it as a freshman. I think I had a freshman body that looked like he was an NFL football player.
0: Yeah, he was one of those first guy off the bus guys the moment he stepped on campus, right? He's always looked the part, and he has shown flashes, right? I'm glad Stark talked about the consistency. It's not like Alfred Collins has done nothing through his first three years on the 40 acres. No, he's made a couple of plays, but he just hasn't been able to be consistent to where you feel good about him being on the field for the majority of defensive snaps. If he's able to be consistent, if he's able to combine, you know, the flashes we've seen over the past couple of years with more consistency, then all of a sudden you feel like you might have yourselves a true player and a guy who's got a chance to be an all-conference player here in 2023. So yeah, he the looked like he's a, there.
1: He just looked like a man child. He looks just like a kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, he, his body was the, the body of a, a grown man and a grown man as a football player. But the mind, it was just like he, he just stayed young. He didn't know how to really just get his motor and keep his motor going on a consistent basis. He thought that those flashes were good enough. That, isn't that good enough, coach? Isn't that good enough? Because it was good enough in high school because he didn't have to do much. He just dominated kids. They were so much smaller. He was so much bigger than they were. He could just move them around to wherever he wanted to. He gets to college and you really have to work at that, but you have to work not just at the physical game. You have to work at the mental game. And he, he didn't get that part done. And it's taken this long to get it done. But that doesn't mean he still can't be an unbelievable player. That's the thing about this. There's still that opportunity for the University of Texas to have an unbelievable football player in his senior year. He's not going anywhere. He's there. So if if he's all there, then you're going to get a fantastic player. And it sounds like his consistency is there. That's a big son of a bitch to move out of the way now. I'm going to tell you, he's a big dude. And if he's got all the flexibility and the strength that's added up to a senior in college – Look out.
0: Yep. He's once again, going. I'm
1: like, I don't want to be like the rest of you. I don't want to do that. Oh, yeah, we've heard about this for the last four years. Is he really going to do it? Is this a bunch of coach speak? And then we get to the games and this guy is not getting it done. I just want to believe that it's going to get done. I just want to believe that it's just taking him just a little bit longer to mature than others. From this point on, it's about, it's about how he represents himself. It's about how he represents the school. And it's about this young guy going to make some money in the NFL.
0: That's it. I mean, you talk about him not going anywhere. Well, he's going somewhere after this season. And where he goes in the 2024 NFL draft is going to be determined by what he does this season. I mean, I don't think he'd be drafted. Like, if he went pro after last season, I think he no. would have been a UDFA. So, like you said, he's got an opportunity to make himself some money with a really, really good season. And, God, he could be so disruptive, man. 6'6", 315 with his skill set. And Sark talked about how he's a problem in the run game, but also a problem in the passing game too. I mean, if he can turn into a really good pass rusher right up the middle, like quarterbacks hate that more than anything, right? Like any quarterback, they hate that pressure right up the middle, right in their face, especially when they're those big guys on the defensive line. If those guys were able to cause havoc in the passing game, then that makes life so much easier for the other guys on that defense. So, no, you yeah. know,
1: BK, if he's anywhere close to what we saw from the kid that went to Texas tech last year, the first round draft pick that came out on the defensive line, yeah. if he's anywhere close to what that guy did in his senior year, then Texas has got, Texas going to win a lot of football games with Alfred Collins playing that way. And then yeah. to put that size inside, like you said, and have that coming right into your face all the time. This is, this is a, this is a huge year for him. It's a huge year for his coach. Because we heard how Bo Davis can, you know, turn these players into special players. If you turn this one into a special player, you can coach now.
0: Yep. Oh man, if anybody on this, yeah, if anybody on this defense is uh, as good as Tyree Wilson was for Texas Tech a year ago, then uh, sign me up for that. And it's a really good defensive tackle room. You're right, Bo Davis. He's got a lot to work with, but also. Uh, people are going to expect a lot from this bunch just because of the combination of talent and experience that Texas has. I mean, Alfred Collins isn't even listed as a starter right now. Right, You've got Tavandre Sweat, who's been very solid for the last couple of years, and you've got Byron Murphy, who also fared very, very well in the scrimmage on Saturday. He had a bit of a breakout season in 2022. Like Those guys are technically your starters uh, at defensive tackle for this team. Then you've got Alfred Collins. You've got Vernon Broughton as well. I mean, it's it's deep, man. And it's nice as a defensive line coach and as a defensive coordinator to have guys that you can rotate between oh, yeah. those big guys fresh, especially early in the season, right? That rice game. Not so much the opponent, but it's a 230 kickoff in early September in Austin, Texas. You need bodies, man. You can't be throwing guys out there for 60, 70 snaps. Oh no. You gotta you gotta be rotating those uh, those big boys up front on the defensive line.
1: Because you have to look you have to understand you still if you're I mean this coaching staff is going to take that game as a, a hard scrimmage. They understand what the following week will be about. They better they they need to understand that they have to be on their P's and Q's in that game. They have to they have to have what they call their system down. They have to have their two and three deep ready to go. Because when you go to Tuscaloosa the following week, you better have it straightened out. Or yeah. you're going to play against a group that no matter how bad you think they are, they don't have a quarterback. What they will have is offensive linemen that will run your ass smooth over if you're not ready, and they will run you over for four quarters. Yep. They, won't, they won't stop at halftime and come out of the locker and say, okay, we got them right now. Let's It'll be just like from the very beginning because that's how Nick Saban teams play. They play four quarters in every aspect of the game. They still run at you. They still come at you with special teams in the fourth quarter. Uh, if they're not great offensively, they will turn around and hand the ball off. On your defense.
0: Yeah. I mean, Texas needs to dominate in the trenches in that game against Rice, right? Like, there have been games in recent years where I have watched the Texas offensive and defensive lines struggle against lesser opponents. Sure. I think of uh, the Tulsa game in 2018. I think of uh, even the Louisiana Tech game in 2019. Texas won that game by a ton. But it was just like I didn't see the dominance from the offensive and defensive lines that I wanted to see. When you're talking about a place like Texas going up against a a smaller G5 school like that, you're thinking – that's where you're going to notice the biggest difference. Your guys are just going to be bigger and stronger up front, and they're going to be able to impose their will on Correct. the opposing line of scrimmage. And there have been years where just Texas hasn't been able to do that. So if Texas doesn't do that against Rice in week one, then yeah, forget having any chance to go into Tuscaloosa and beating Alabama. Now I, I expect Texas to dominate the trenches on both sides of the ball against Rice. And I'm not saying, oh, if they do, that means you're automatically guaranteed a win against the Crimson Tide in week oh, two. No.
1: If, if no, you're bigger in week two. No, there's no. nothing. There's 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 nothing physically and mentally guaranteed in that game. That but you can't have your your first game come out and look sloppy against an offensive line or a defensive line in that football game and then think game two, now all of a sudden you're mentally prepared and ready to roll up there and you didn't do it against competition in game one. That'll be that'll be a struggle. That'll be a hard time for the Texas Longhorns.
0: It's gonna be hard
1: enough anyway.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, let's hear uh, another one from Steve Sarkisian. While we're talking about the offensive line, let's uh, talk about DJ Campbell, who apparently is getting the majority of reps with the first team offensive line. He was not a starter last year, but the former five-star apparently is elevated above Cole Hudson on the Texas offensive line group. And here's Sark talking about DJ Campbell's weight, which is maybe a little bit of a concern right now because he's over 340 pounds. According to TexasSports.com, but also Sark talking about DJ Campbell's play as well. Take a listen.
2: It, it's it's hovering around. I, I you know naturally I think if we get him in the high three thirties, he he he'll be fine. You know he's right just above that. You know, was a big, powerful man. I think two things for DJ when he's going to be at his best. One is trust in his own ability. You know he's a big, physical man. He's very athletic, and when he knows and really cuts it loose down after down after down, he's a problem because he can move people. Second, he's not as experienced as the two guys he's playing next to. Jake Majors, three-year starter. Christian Jones, three-year starter, right? They have a lot of experience trusting those guys. With they're calling something, they want to block something a certain way. Just trust them and go cut it loose and try to remove some of the doubt or the wondering. And when, when he does that consistently all the time, you see what we see every day now. And more and more each day, it gets better and better of him just playing and what he does. He's, he's really good.
1: All right. There Big you go. man, very at what, what, what he does. And it's just him trusting his own, you know, as a sophomore, just trusting what, what he's learned right now and trusting the people around him. And it does, it is nice to have veterans on both sides of it. It, it really, really is. And as, as much as they've always wanted to kind of find ways to replace Jake majors, I always thought Jake majors was going to be a four year starter. I thought he was, if you would have been big enough, he'd have been an All-American because he's quite a leader, and he is the leader of that offensive line and, and what they do and how they handle themselves. It's nice to have your center is that guy, that senior who's played in games, been in games, that's going to tell you what to do. That means just get on board alongside of me as we double-team guys and, and we you know, we have to get off into the linebacker areas. This, this makes you feel good. This will give you the confidence that you need because obviously when Sark talks about him, he talks about – his abilities and his size, and for a big man, I mean, he sounds like he's heavy. Coach is being kind of nice. Yeah. yeah, he's just around. And when he, when coaches start talking about, well, he's around that number, that three forty. That means the dude's around that number of three forty five, three fifty, and we'd like for him to be a little bit slimmer. That's coach is trying to tell you they'd like for him to be a little bit slimmer in a nice way.
0: Yep. because when I he says too.
1: around the area means. He's not right kind of where they want him to be. Yeah, He's close, but he ain't that close.
0: Right. Yeah, people lie about the weight. People lie about the height all of the oh, time, yeah. right? Like you tell people what, you're 5'8", Buck, and you're really like 5'4", five, 5'5"?
1: Five, five? No, I'm basically 5'9". And three quarters. That's exactly what I am. I don't tell them I'm about anything. Now, driver's license says 5'10", because when I had that, got that driver's license, I was upright a little bit more than I am at 68. I I've bent down a little bit. Things are starting to... <laughs> Besides my low tees, other things are starting to sink down a little bit, including my spine. But I am a true five foot nine, and I can eat a four course meal off the top of Shaka Smart and Charlie Strong's head. <laughs> Have you tried that before? Not that, not with that frothed that Shaka was sporting over the last couple of years. But uh, Charlie's Charlie's head, yeah. I tower uh, above these people. Come on, I'm continue. a true five foot nine and three quarters.
0: No, you're not, Kyler Murray. Stop, <laughs> that. You're common. rounding up. You're lying about your height. You're like a, a guy who's five ten on Tinder, trying to be six feet and putting. So the that girl on meets there. him, and she
1: meets him, and he's 5'6. Yeah. six,
0: and then she gives the Lee Corso. Not so fast, midget. Not so fast.
1: I'm so lucky. I've never had to do that. You know, when I was single for about fifteen years, you know, I never had to go up to the the baggers at Seven Eleven and say, Hey, listen. I'm a full six foot tall. Listen, you don't have to carry my bags out, but if you do, you get in the back of the trunk first and I'll hand them in to you. <laughs> Things are a little different now.
0: Yeah. Well, you, yeah. Well, there's no baggers at 7-Eleven. I don't think there ever have been baggers. It's just the guy behind the counter.
1: I don't know what My AGB, my local AGB baggers.
0: Yeah. Now you can't, you you can't be throwing, I, you know, this is not a times are changing bit. You've never been able or allowed to throw an H E B bagger into the backseat of your station wagon and take them home with you. That's never no. been kosher.
1: Well, they always, I mean, I say, hey, sir, can I help you with your bags? Yeah, I'm gonna take you up on that, lady. You just go out here and push this cart out there, but you get in first. I'll <laughs> hand you the groceries.
0: <laughs> Why does anyone have to get in? Just put the groceries no. in their car. No.
1: Silence of the Lambs. Come on, man! Oh my God! In. So you're bagging in the her too. I'm the only guy running around Austin with with uh, sawdust in the back of his car, oh, the back of his God. trunk. Yeah, bodies in there.
0: You should Don't be arrested that. for that. I'm gonna start calling you Sandra Bullock because you're a come Virginia on, light, man. like she is, man. God, throwing them to the
1: dudes rescue soon.
0: Throwing those poor baggers in the the back of your station wagon, man. Yeah, it, uh, it does help, though, on the offensive line. Back to D.J. Campbell. I mean, when you're around three upperclassmen and Kelvin Banks, that's oh, going to yeah. make life easier for you as you try to uh, become a starter and have your first year as a starter up front. So, yeah, it's nice. Chemistry, cohesion, it's so important for the big uglies up front. And it feels like Texas has that with just how much returning experience they have from a season to go. So,
1: yeah, I think man. they were expecting him to be that guy even last year, but he wasn't yeah. mature enough, you know, mentally to handle that. The other guy, Hudson, I mean, he was there. He was playing. I mean, he they had a young guy who was playing there and did a really, really good job, did a fine job. But in their minds, this is the, this is the offensive line I think they thought they were going to get really quickly. But, once again, guys mature differently. Guys aren't – you know, certain guys mentally are ready to go as freshmen – Physically, you're looking for something else as a coach, but mentally you got a guy who's ready to play that can handle it. And I think Jake Majors has been always that guy at center. They've always wanted something more physical and a different type of body type than, you know, little short center. They always wanted some six eight guy to be their center because they like big offensive linemen. But mentally, you got to have a guy who's stable in there and ready to go. And Jake Majors has been that way since he's a freshman. That's Agreed. a three-year starter. Getting ready to be a four-year starter. Yeah,
0: I like, like the offensive line a lot. And and it just feels like the potential for this group is higher than it was last year, right? Oh, I'm, sure. I'm with you. Cole Hudson was solid. And it's just no knock on Cole Hudson. He was a good oh, no. running guard for this team last year. But we're talking about a top 10 player in the class from a couple of years ago. And a true five-star in DJ Campbell. And a guy who's got you know NFL potential. And if things go right, he could maybe be a first-round pick. In the NFL draft here in a couple of years. so But he has to watch
1: his weight, BK. He has. Yes. Man, when coaches are talking about around this, where he can't end up being a sloth at 370, 360, because they'll put the other guy right back in there. They'll go ahead and take the guy mentally and physically they can move, then have a slothy looking guy in there. They don't want sloppy looking offensive linemen. I can tell this group wants them big, but they don't want them sloppy. Yep.
0: You know? I'm with you. I'm with you. And man, it's just, it's crazy to think about that the fact that Texas could have could have two future first round picks on that offensive line. I mean, considering it's been two decades since they've had an offensive lineman selected in the first round of the NFL draft, the fact that right now they might have two guys on campus who could be first rounders in the NFL draft in a couple of years, that is insane to think about. I mean, Kelvin Banks, with what he did last year, if he continues on that trajectory, there's no doubt he'll be a first round pick. Might be a little tougher for DJ Campbell because he plays guard, right? Not as many guards go in the first round as tackles do the interior offensive lineman, not considered as valuable as uh, those guys on the outside. But man, if he lives up to his billing, then all of a sudden, yeah, you could be talking about having an O-line with two first rounders in the same year, which would be freaking incredible.
1: And what does that do for the the guy who's come back for his sixth year? I mean, Christian, what does that do for Mr. (laughs) Christian or Christian Kirk? I mean, what does that do for him? I mean, this helps him out in his NFL career too, because he wants to be an NFL player and have the opportunity to come back with this kind of offensive line, I think this is fantastic for him. I don't know where Jake Majors ends up, but I just – I just know he's been a really good football player for the University of Texas.
0: Yeah, not not Christian Kirk. He's uh, with the Jaguars in the NFL. Okay, he's a Texas A&M guy, Christian
1: Jones. Christian Jones, Me and Mrs. Jones. Yes, that's,
0: that's well. I don't know if he's a Mrs. You know, I don't know what uh, Christian identifies as in twenty twenty three. I'll I'll ask him when I move to Austin. That'll be my first question. That but this uh, is how, this is going
1: to help him. This is going to help him because he's got yeah. that body. He's got that big frame. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think he's
0: a first-round pick, but I think he, he can be a draft pick if he sure. goes out and plays well this year. If things go right, he could be maybe a day-two pick next day. Maybe. Absolutely. that should be fun. All right, one more from uh, Steve Sarkeesian here. Let's talk about the quarterbacks. Uh, Sark was asked about the play of Quinn Ewers in that scrimmage on Saturday, and he also talked about some of Malik Murphy's struggles a little bit during fall camp. Check it out.
2: Yeah, I thought Quinn played really well. Uh, he had a really good day. You know, it's unfortunate. The interception in two minute w- was was not on him, but that's that's rapport with his receivers that we got to keep working on. Uh, but I thought thought he was really efficient. Um, you know, there was a there was a moment there where I thought the defense had a really good period. We had a third down, fourth down competition. The defense had a good period, uh, but I thought Quinn really rebounded in the backed up segment, the goal line segment, and in, uh, in the in our red area period. So uh, that was good. Um, Malik, you know, he he does so many cool things that flash um we're trying to minimize is some of the some of the like kind of the one or two plays of, of practice where there's an error and that, that's the consistency factor of just staying consistent you know the big plays are going to be there for him because he, he is so physically gifted he's got great arm talent um but how do we minimize the the not great points right and and understanding the value of the football so he's made a lot of really good progress i think that room is performing is performing well for us right now
1: Yeah, I like the fact that when when he talks about Malik Murphy, what are the things that – he does so many things really, really well. What are some of the setbacks that he may have that he doesn't do well? We have to minimize those things popping up and find ways that he can get better at those ways because he must do an awful lot of things well. Because, I mean, that that scrimmage or whatever they did on Saturday, if that was the first time he – it seems like everybody saw him look bad. You know what I mean? He had that – and he, and he probably wasn't that he looked bad. He just made some, some young mistakes for a guy who hasn't been out there on, on the field an awful lot you know, because of the injuries. So I think if you just keep minimizing the things that he doesn't do well, you'll be just fine because he'll make some, because he's talented and big and strong, he'll make some big plays for you. And for Quinn yours it's just, you just keep on going straight ahead. Just keep moving forward. You know, you'll have your times. When you're the starting quarterback, you're going to have your times during the course, whether it's practice or games, where you have a setback, All those things are how you overcome them the next time you get back on the field. You throw a, prick in, a, a pick in the, in the, uh, the two-minute drill, what do you do after that? What happens the next time you walk back onto the field? Do you throw another pick? Do you not make another bad decision? Do you muff a handoff with a running back? Or do you just shake that off and move ahead? And I think for Malik Murphy, he'll be able to do that. And, and, and so will Arch Manning. When they have those type of things, being around a quarterback coach like this, you just will move on. These things aren't going to linger with these guys. These are things that they can learn from some of their mistakes. But they have mistakes. They have faults. Just minimize the faults that they have and don't let those faults turn into things that they do well and maybe start, start to become faults. The things yep. that you do well, all of a sudden you start to make mistakes at that. When, when a coach says, My goodness, man, you throw that out so well. What, what the hell has happened with you? Now you're throwing the balls in the stands. You're hitting guys in the toe. You're not throwing it on the numbers. The things that you do well, you got to keep doing it. And so if you have a bad day, if you throw one behind a guy, the things that you do well, you can't start you know, regressing on those things. And for Quinn, yours, just keep going forward. We understand that you'll have your times where you won't set your feet. We know that you'll rely on your arm an awful lot. But we can't let that be the overwhelming thing that you do because your footwork is the most important work that you have. You'll get away with certain things. But if you think you're going to go out there 70% of the time, have poor footwork and rely on your throwing arm and your cannon to throw them bombs, then that's going to be a problem because your footwork will be important. Your footwork will always be important. Sure. But, but gunslingers, most of the time, they'll forget about that kind of stuff. Just got to keep on doing that. You can't let up on them because they have a couple of good plays because they relied on their arm strength. The next time you go out to the practice field, the quarterback coach can't look at him and say, hey, nice play. No, the quarterback coach will say, Look at the way you set your foot on the, on that play. You got away with it this time. Let's keep working on that. Let's keep working on it. I just believe he has to be reinforced about the way he does his footwork.
0: Yep, I agree. Yeah, that was an issue for Quinn Ewers at times last year, and it felt like when he was struggling, it was because mechanically something was yes. a little bit off, and he was unorthodox at times with his footwork last season. So he's still going to make those off-platform throws, sure. which you want, but – Obviously, when he is in the pocket and does have the time to throw the football down the field, you want him to be a little bit more consistent with his mechanics. I know that's something yours has been working on with the Texas coaching staff. I know he's been working on that with his personal quarterback coach as well. So yeah, that's what you want to see. You're right. Like you, you can't let the same bad play beat you twice, right? And at times, guy, it just—if it was bad for Quinn Ewers, it just snowballed and became worse and worse. I think of the second half against Oklahoma State. I think of the second half of that game against TCU in Austin, to where like he made a couple of bad throws, and it's like he just couldn't get out of his own head, and he couldn't get things back on track. You're going to make bad plays as a quarterback. I mean, uh, Tom Brady threw interceptions. Peyton Manning threw interceptions. Like the best quarterbacks in the history of the NFL, they make mistakes. What makes them so special is their ability to bounce back. And not let the same play beat them twice. So yeah, Ewers is not going to go the entire season throwing zero interceptions, losing zero fumbles. Like that's, that's ridiculous. But how does he bounce back from a bad decision? How does he bounce back from a bad throw when something does not go his way? You know, what does he do on that next play or on that next series? That is going to determine whether or not Quinn Ewers takes that step this year. And and that is going to determine, honestly, if he becomes a first-round pick in the NFL draft. That is what you need to see. How does he respond when he does face a little bit of adversity? Because last year – it didn't happen that much, right? There was, there was no adversity in the Oklahoma game. Texas beat the shit out of Oklahoma. Yes. Uh, you know, the first quarter of the Alabama game, he was great. Obviously, he got hurt, but that was the first quarter. Like, what would have happened if he played four quarters? And you think of the second half of the season and some of those closer games that Texas played, you know, we didn't see yours rise to the occasion that often. Win faced with some adversity, he's going to have to deal with that a lot this year as Texas tries to win a Big 12 championship. Right, He's going to have to deal with that in Tuscaloosa in week two. How does he respond?
1: And that's how the head coach is going to have to help him. You know, as I say, win games. The head coach will have to – you can't let him continue to do those things. you got to get him out of that. Give him something easy to throw. Say, I want this ball to go to Jordan Whittington. Jordan Whittington, as the head coach, you're watching the game too. It's not just the quarterback watching the game. You know which guy on the defense – can't cover the guy on the offense. And you may have to tell Quinn, Quinn yours, hey, I want this ball to go here. This guy can't cover him. You be ready. He's going to beat him. Throw the ball to him. Don't look down. Don't look to Xavier Worthy on a bomb, 70-yard bomb down the field that you're going to throw 85 yards, overthrow him, or you're going to underthrow it 55 yards and somebody else is going to pick it. I want the ball to go to Jordan Whittington. He's going to run an in-cut. This guy is going to beat him. He's going George is going to beat him. I want you to throw this. I want to take the pressure off you. I'm telling you where to throw the ball this time. You don't have to think about it. I'm watching the game too. I'm the coach. I'm watching what's been happening over the last few plays. This guy can't cover that guy. Don't you try to force this out there. I'm letting you know what I need you to do. I'm going to take you out of this bad habit by putting this on myself, the guy who's making all the money. I'm I'm watching the game saying that my guy is going to beat that guy, and I want you as the quarterback to throw it to him because he's going to beat him. Yeah, that's how much I. That's how mu- that's how much I believe in it. So I trust, trust your
0: th- weapons, man.
1: Yeah, and I think the coach is going to have to trust that he's going to have to make some calls where it happens for the quarterback too. You know, yep. I mean, as, as 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 we said about about Quinn Ewers' footwork, there have been you know when 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 the greatest of all greats Tom Brady has made mistakes, it's what happens when he comes back. That you're going, oh shit, man! I'd hate to be on the defense this series because this guy has now thrown a pick or he's made a mistake, and he's not going to double that up. He's going to come back and figure out how he's how he's going to beat you. He's not going to make that. First of all, he's not going to make that same mistake again. Mm-hmm. And now he's in his mind going to figure out what it is I have to do to get the ball to get the ball down the field and score a touchdown. I mean, that's what the great ones will do. And so Quinn, yours, I mean, he's going to have to rely on his coach. He's going to have to rely on his footwork to be consistent, to make consistent plays. In order to win a championship, you have to be very consistent on what you do. Yeah, you're going to have your ups and downs, but the consistency will always be there if you do all the right things. If your footwork's right, if your head is in the game, and you're not worried about yourself, you're worried about the team, everything will work out for you when you're talented.
0: Yep. How about this stat? Maybe these two stats regarding Quinn Ewers and his 2022 struggles. He finished 97th in the country in Raw QBR in the fourth quarter. And he finished 104th in the country on third downs in Raw QBR. So that's adversity, right? Like that's what I think of the fourth quarter and third downs. Like that's when you need to be at your best. And yours last year was at his worst in those situations. So obviously the best offenses don't have to face a lot of third downs, right? And when you say
1: the coach has to be at his best, if he's the play caller at those yep. times through
0: exactly. Yeah. The hope is that Sark is able to find ways to prevent Texas from being in a lot of third down situations, especially third and long situations. But look, some of them are going to pop up. That's football. Sure. That's just how it goes. Then obviously you can't avoid the fourth quarter. Like Texas is going to be in a number of close games in the fourth quarter this season. Yours, it felt like at times got smaller as the moment got bigger. Yeah. That, That can't happen this year. Like that just cannot happen for Texas to do what you're talking about, to be competing for and hopefully winning a championship this season. They need their quarterback to be a leader in the fourth quarter and on third downs. That's what you need to see more of this year. If not, then Texas is going to have more of those frustrating one-score losses where you're going to be like, oh, we should have beat that team. We're better than that team. We've talked about that so many times over the last few years. If uh, if your quarterback can't step up in those clutch moments and make some plays for you, then you're not going to achieve the goals that you need to achieve.
1: He's not just – remember, he's not just the leader of the offense. He's the leader of the team. The defense is looking for that quarterback to make these certain plays so that they can stay on the sideline, catch their breath, And as you said early in the season, BK, Rice, I mean, he's got to be at his best because the following week, it's going to be hot in week number two in Tuscaloosa. It'll be hot there, too. Like it's hot here, it's going to be hot there. He's going to have to do all all these things that we talk about to not only help his offense score touchdowns, but help his defense get the hell off the field. He's got to keep chains moving. He's got to do some of the small things. We're talking about 10 yards for a first down. He's going to have to do the small things, not the big things. He's going to have to do the small things to keep this offense on the field and to keep that defense relaxed a little bit. I don't know what Alabama has offensively. I just know they'll have some big son of a guns. They'll have a, they'll have a great running back. I don't know what they'll have a quarterback. I know they've got brilliant coaches, but they will be big, they will be physical, and they will be at home. And they don't need to be well-rested on the sideline. They need to be in a panic mode uh, at Alabama. Because they understand who they played last year, and they played Texas at home at, when Texas played at home. Yep. What kind of game they got out of the University of Texas? And if they don't have Bryce Young as their quarterback, their Heisman Trophy leader, I know they'll have great players. But they know what happened last year. They they still understand what that game was all about. They they yep. really do, and those players do. And believe me, Nick Saban and those coaches understand. They don't yep. think of it. They don't think of it as oh, it's a new year. We've got all this talent. It was just weird. We played weird against them last year. No, they understood. They were in a real-life football game last year, and whether it's home or away or in the parking lot, they're going to say, this group has that kind of talent now. Hell, we had to knock the damn quarterback out of the game in the first half in order to struggle to win a game late in the game.
0: Yep, it was a four-quarter dogfight in yeah. Austin last year. The hope is it's one of those in Tuscaloosa here in a couple of weeks on September 9th. A couple comments to get to. He was still young. Yeah, of course. Quinn Ewers, it was his first year as a starting quarterback. He should have been a true freshman, and he was a true freshman age-wise. So, uh, obviously, you expect him to get better. And with a year of starting experience under his belt, you think he will be better in those big moments late in games. Comment from Chris. I love the Altstadt Cole Speer. I do, too. I there do, you too, Probably my favorite Altstadt brew, but they've got so many different ones that I enjoy all year round. Appreciate you guys uh, checking in.
1: And we're and working hard. BK, that. We're working hard to get to that 5,000 subscribers so we can give away some really cool stuff. We're going to be give away some cool stuff, but you know, we want, we want to hit that mark here very quickly and we're, we're moving right along because if a, if a podcast falls in the woods, you'll know it's us. If it hits the ground, you're going to know it's us. You're, you're going to be able to hear us yep. all the time.
0: You'll always be able to hear us. Yeah. You don't have to worry about anything like that with us. snow signal issues coming on no. Texas sports unfiltered. We'll also have an app coming later this week. We're excited to uh, announce that doing a little bit more testing just to make sure everything's perfect before we uh, announce it to the public, but be on the lookout for that as well. So you'll be able to catch all of the TSU content wherever you are, whenever you want um, before we get out of here, a couple of things. Number one, a shout out to our friend Brandon Mars at Top Gun Absolutely. Lawn and Equipment Rentals. If you uh, have anything you need to get done, a small home project, a large construction job, whatever, our friends at Top Gun Lawn and Equipment Rentals have all of the tools to help you tackle any job that you may have. They have an extensive selection of equipment from all of the biggest brands. They've got great prices as well, rental equipment, and you can buy the stuff as well. Our buddy Brandon Mars is a great dude. Love talking to this guy, man. Big time Longhorn fan. Great guy to hang out with. And he runs a great show over there at Top Gun. They are Austin's number one source for all of your equipment, rentals, sales, and supplies. And they've been that way since 1996. A couple of locations in Austin to best serve you. One up north in Anderson Square. One down south on South 1st Street. TopGun.net. They will shoot you straight. Okay, Buck. Before we get out of here, I gotta show you this video. Trey and I talked about this yesterday. Are you a big fan of Taylor Swift? Do you even know who that is?
1: You mean do you realize I'm pin pals with Taylor Swift? You know I was in country music for two and a half years, right?
0: You're pin pals with Taylor Swift.
1: Oh, when I, tomorrow, before we leave the show, tomorrow I will show you a handwritten letter from Taylor Swift to me. And with what? a with a guitar pick. That's right. I will that will come. That's right, folks out there. I will show you all a handwritten letter from Taylor Swift to Bucky Godbold. Yes, Who did you steal
0: that from? No, nah, there's no way. You okay. put white out over a name and then wrote your name on it.
1: We are handwritten, not typed up on the computer what? like your grandkids send to grandma for happy birthday, mama, me, ma, and all that stuff. Handwritten to the buck. That will be tomorrow. I will show you that.
0: Okay, looking forward to that. Real quick video. So Taylor Swift has been on this ridiculous tour over the last few months. Wow. And this has been maybe the highest grossing concert tour in music history. I mean, she is just selling out everywhere, seemingly every single night. And she's got some crazy fans, the Swifties, as they like to call themselves. Uh, Do you consider yourself a Swiftie? No. Okay. I don't either. Well, here's a uh, Swiftie. Singing at a recent Taylor Swift concert, and I want you to let me know what you think about this girl.
1: She looks like a combination of the crazy lady on the plane and the lady that peed at the slot machine. (laughs) What the hell is that? Oh, my God.
0: Imagine sitting next to her at that concert. You're just trying to enjoy the music, and you've got to listen to that for, like, four hours?
1: No, I – no. Can you please bring back the lady at the slot machine? Because if I I don't see that once a day, how would you like sitting beside this at your slot machine and have – much money was she winning that she just <laughs> kept on going i mean really
0: uh there's a report out there that it was actually something leaking out of her purse no Thank you. chance no chance that's
1: what i was thinking i knew this was a fake this is sort of like the sandra nope. bullock fake deal <laughs> that she's not she is not michael orr's real mom no nope. yeah not. sandra was-
0: bullock is full of crap and that woman was peeing at that slot machine those are two things that are 100 percent true It's a 5,000-unit lock.
1: Sandra Bullock has nothing to do with this movie. She was acting. She's an actress or an actor, as they call them now.
0: Whatever. I saw the documentary. I saw what happened. We all saw what happened. She's a (laughs) horrible person, and so is Tim McGraw. We know that. Yeah, both of them are canceled. They are done,
1: Buck. No. Go down and buy me a Tim McGraw hat today now.
0: This is (laughs) not your fault. Lousy
1: people, those lousy, cheap adults that did that to Michael or made him think he was part of this guy thought he was a part of a family. He wanted to be a part of the family they had done. Really? I mean, it, they, it was they took this guy off the streets. This guy was living in his car and they really took him off. They did some good things. But the fact that they told him he was a part of this family, that he was an adopt, he was part of their the, the whole dynamic of the family. He was never a part of it, hmm. and Sandra Bullock didn't do it. Sandra Bullock wouldn't do that. She has two adopted children. She would never do that herself. Sure she does. But. <laughs> oh, 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 my God. <laughs> We're done. <laughs>
0: We're done. That's going to do it for a Tuesday oh and my God. For Bucky and BK. Tune in tomorrow from 8 to 10. The Bucks going to show you a handwritten letter he apparently has from Taylor Swift. I'm calling BS on that. Uh, Don't forget, coming up from 12 to 1, Trey and BK. And then from 1 to 2, Kevin and Trey are going to be together. So a couple more hours of live content coming your way on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Please like the video if you haven't done it yet. Please subscribe to the channel and spread the word. We're coming up on 4,000 subscribers. When we get to 5K, we're going to have not just a giveaway, but we're going to be giving away a ton of stuff as a thank you to all of you for jumping on board. Buck, appreciate it, man. Talk tomorrow. See ya. Hook em. All right. Hook em horns. Thank you all for watching.